Hey, this is Dirty Duke Durango, and you're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the brain dead, <laughs> crawling out of his grave legend, <laughs> T. James Logan. With me, my regular uh, cohorts, if you were, the gentleman who every girl will tell you is not that gentle, uh, Elio Canella. It's great to be here. But the girls will tell you he is a man. <laughs> <laughs> and the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, welcome back. Pleasure as always. Well, you know what? I thought we'd round we'd round up today's trio wow. and make it a quadro. We've got with us joining us, Dirty Duke Durango. Duke's good to see you, brother. Pleasure's all mine, sir. Well, you know what? Uh, sometimes when we ask a guest to join us, you know, we got we get them to because this is right after um, AEW Dynamite. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. This year there have been some sketchy episodes. And when I asked you to join us, my first thought is, oh, God, I hope they put on a half-assed show tonight because they have not for the last three weeks had that great, enjoyable shows. But I'm going to have to say, I think tonight we got ourselves, boys, a pretty darn good dynamite. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys think. Now, before we get started, we have a couple features we'd like to do on the show. One of them is a new feature that we see have fans you've been really getting some great feedback on. It's a little something we call Elite or Delete. And for you who are wondering exactly what we mean by that, it's where we take somebody in AEW, somebody who's been making a bit of a headlines, maybe we've seen him pop up, usually somebody new or somebody who's been around and seems to be fading out. And we kind of take that chance to say, are they elite or delete? And what we mean by elite is, is this a person who should be getting a push? Is this a person who's interesting enough? Should they be featured or should they be deleted? Should we not be seeing this person? Are they going to be relegated to the job or status totally, or maybe even booted down to the dreaded dark show, not to be seen again for another year before we delete them again. So <laughs> this week we are going to talk about, are you guys ready for this one? And I am not too surprised at some of the comments, but uh, maybe some of them. We're going to talk about Peter Avalon, pretty Peter Avalon. Let's get that straight right out of the, the gate. Pretty Peter Avalon. And uh, before we get into what the fans have to say, Andy, let's start with you, buddy. I know you've seen Pretty Pete. Uh, we've known him as the librarian with one of the most annoying freaking, or not even annoying, just ridiculously stupid uh, gimmicks for last year. But now he's a whole new guy. Now he's coming out. He's the pretty guy last week. He he tapped out during a figure four just so that Cody wouldn't slap him in the face. What are you thinking? <laughs> is Peter is pretty Peter Avalon elite or delete material? You know, I always try to be positive with everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. Try to be as positive as much as I can. Uh, I didn't really see much about the librarian. So, I you know, I can't really speak to that. But what I saw last week uh, threw me a bit and not in a good way. Uh, right off the bat, to me, this was like a poor man's Rick Rude. I mean, I know it's hard in professional in the world of professional wrestling to get, you know, original thoughts, original gimmicks, original ideas. Uh, but this, to me, was just my first impression was this is very indie-rific. Uh, okay worker mm -hmm. but um, 
and I think I saw some similar comments uh, on the page here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go with delete just because I think there's probably a lot, there's a lot uh, more workers, mm -hmm. uh, better gimmicks, better looks um, that deserve more of an opportunity than he does. From what I okay. Saw. Now, I don't want to sound too douchey to start this whole show off. But when you say reminds you of Rick Rude, didn't Rick Rude have muscles? Yes. <laughs> something that Peter okay, let me say. let me rephrase. <laughs> let me rephrase. Uh, remind me of an attempted Rick Rude. Okay. It's almost sort of like, like the Mexican you know, minis. Like the Mexican yeah, minis. Like your average Joe Blow uh, that goes and gets his house robe and uh, comes out and says, "Hey, honey, who am I?" and then tries to do his Rick Rude impersonation. Not a bad worker. I mean, he didn't have a bad match, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we've had others on here that I think are more deserving of an opportunity for elite than, okay. than uh, the pretty boy here. Now, now, I know you say stiff, Jordan, but uh, I know you think we said stiff, right? But the thing is, you got to look back and just look at a picture of this guy. And I got to have to say, he does look like an indie wrestler because he does look like a guy who's in his, he's, too small for the weight class. You know what I mean? He, you know he, he honestly looks like the accountant next door threw in a bathroom. Well, I looked at this. I looked at his picture. I haven't seen a lot of yeah. him. Like I know nothing of the librarian, to be honest. I've only seen a little bit of him the last, you know, since mm -hmm. just before Christmas. Um, here's the thing. AEW needs monsters. It's what they're mm -hmm. missing. So to mm -hmm. have, and I'm not, I don't want to go on a whole body of work based on one or two matches and the odd promo. Um, having said that, Cody Rhodes needs to slay some giants. If they're going to put him in this position all the time, you got to slay a couple of giants. Like Andy says, if you want to be, you know, you, you got to knock down some big bowling pins if you want to be the big bowling ball. And, and so I just think that I would say delete just based on the fact that, you know, quality of work, main event, probably not. Stature at this time, definitely not. Okay. That's, that's a little stiff, but that's the truth. Okay. Elio. You have uh, experience in people dressing up in bathrobes and pretending they're rude. We had your brother on the show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a bit? What do you think? Is this a elite or delete sort of situation? Okay, so I've seen uh, Peter Avalon outside of AEW because he has spent time in TNA wrestling. Well, he basically well, he was a chopper there. But um, seeing the librarian character, I'd say delete that gimmick which they did and a repackage him and I'd say elite for this one. All right, that's fair enough. You know what? I'm gonna like, sometimes I can be a little bit snitty, I'll admit that. Um, there are times though, that I've had a lot of experience dealing with uh, indie wrestlers. And there are, some, there, <laughs> there are some tremendous wrestlers who make great characters, who are fun, and awesome to watch on a certain level, but you do know that they can't sure. transcend that next level Thank just you. Because, <laughs> because of size, because of looks. And here's a great example. Peter Avalon reminds me, oh, geez, his name just slipped out of me. Do you guys, oh, James Ellsworth. You guys remember James oh, Ellsworth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here is a guy who could, he could be entertaining in some ways, right? But looking at him, you knew he was never going to be more than at this niche level for a show they wrote him for. And when that little niche level was done, you couldn't plug him into anything else. You know, wrestlers on this kind of level, 
uh, they can be plugged into any other things. Even if they have gimmicks that seem sometimes limiting, certain guys, you can change their look. You can change, um, <laughs> you can change a lot of things about them. Um, but you have to be able to do that. You have to have that versatility to be at that level. And um, I just don't think Peter Avalon just does not have that look or that build. You know, um, I get he's a trainer, but how many times have you guys known this in your careers where you've met a guy who's trained superstars, you know, where he is an awesome wrestler in the ring, but he's never been able to make a name for himself in anything big. Well, that's me, man. I trained Shawn Michaels. (laughs) (laughs) That guy ever beat. You taught him to sing, didn't you? I've heard you sing Sexy Boy. Oh, you know it. (laughs) It's the only song on my iPod. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's the thing with Peter Avalon for me is I just don't think he has a look that's just realistic enough. I mean, and you're right. You're right, um, Duke, is there is not enough monsters, not enough credible big guys in AEW at times. So you're going to bring in a guy who's essentially very small with uh, his gimmick is he's pretty. I mean, you already have Sonny Kiss, uh, Joey Janela, Kip Sabian, these generic barely scraping guys who are kind of, kind of in that kind of gimmick anyways. So there's just no room for it. I, I'm going to have to say also, I'll, I'll be the fourth one to say delete and I really get he's talented. I get he's trained some big guys. Uh, let's look over before we give you guys the numbers. Uh, let's go read some of the fans have written in. And a, a bunch of you wrote in uh, your ideas about Peter Avalon. And I want to start, of course, with Rick Serrano III. And, of course, sometimes when you get Rick Serrano III, you got to be ready for a whole bucket of weirdness. So I'm going <laughs> to read his because his says, I'm going to go with Elite because – not only am I a fan of the pretty characters, but he needs pastel colors. I'm also a fan of Peter Avalon after finding out he trained David Arquette for his comeback in wrestling. I, yeah, if that's yeah, what yeah. you're going on, Serrano, you just lost all your credibility. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> there, there's actually... He didn't have much to start with. So. Yeah, friends off Rick Serrano III. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, we also have uh, Russ, the franchise mon, who says, give him some concrete slippers and a deep river. <laughs> hey, maybe we don't murder the guy. Maybe yeah. we just don't push him. <laughs> you know what? Wrestling can be mean, but guys, come on. Concrete slippers? Ouch. Okay. Uh, Elio, do you, wow. can you read any of them? Uh, James Kinney says, delete. <laughs> that was a big long read for that. Okay. Uh Here's a meme I'm going to see that we're probably going to see an awful lot in this segment all the time. The Bat Hardy doing the delete thing. Gwendolyn Caulfield, she definitely has that down. Uh, Paul Cran says he's been going through the process and he's got nothing to offer. Completely finished with and needs to be removed. Well, or in short, delete. Delete. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, here's a funny one. John Paul Herrera says he and Dalton Castle must collide. I think Castle's got a lot more meat on him and a little bit more credibility than Avalon right now. So. A little more charisma, anyway. Yeah. Um, you want to read any more of these? Or do you guys want to just go on with this? I, I like uh, Mike Caps. Okay. I, I don't even know how high that number is, but it's delete times one <laughs> and a lot of zeros. And I mean 
a lot. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to find at least one person that wrote on here, like not delete. But uh, well, John Searley said all companies need jobbers, so I'm going to take that as an elite. Well, he, well, no, because we determined that delete was well, back have, down to jobber status. Well, we, it doesn't we, mean well, that's kind of what he was already. We have one elite, <laughs> and now he's like a squasher, though. <laughs> as long as he doesn't become a fluffer, he's okay. Oh, wrong movies, boys. Wrong movies. We have Dennis Sutterman says, Elite, he shows us real wrestling. Oh, what? <laughs> okay, write that and name down. The Eli, FBI needs Eli his Flores. Name. Eli Flores says, Elite, I like his new slash old gimmick, but he's very close to deletion. Okay. Okay. And the last one I'm going to read here, it says, uh, oh, well, Luis A. Lopez Perez says, if Sonny Kiss could make it, he deserves a chance too. Good point. Uh, the other one is Lee Grupo says, AEW's roster has too many passengers. They could easily strip out a dozen of the roster, a few tag teams, a few women. This guy, Spears, Nakazawa, Seidel, Luther, QT Marshall, and et cetera, and it would make no difference. Okay. Um, one thing I guess we should mention to fans, and this is uh, us being a little bit uh, metagaming here, is the fact that Peter Avalon is, a, in fact, a trainer of sorts. And I'm pretty sure he does a lot of training and development backstage. So, you know, there's one thing. And, and I saw I noticed that QT Marshall was thrown under there. He's also one of the main trainers yeah. for AEW's up-and-comers. So, you know, these guys aren't pushed to the moon. They're getting a chance just because, you know, they put in the work. It was like, who's that dude who used to be uh, for WCW? The guy with the, he'd laugh Sarge. all the time. And Hugh no, Morris. he's a short, yeah, Hugh Morris. There's another example of a guy who only got pushed because he did a lot of hard work behind the scenes. You know, I don't care what really, anyone says. I love Hugh Morris. You can go to hell. <laughs> okay. So anyways, the fans have decided. We've put it into the old number, number tabulator. And it says... 43% of you say that he is elite, 57% say he's delete, which surprises me with so many people emphatically writing in delete. Yeah. I think that poor Peter would have at least had a few people, if you're going to back the dude, at least send in a word to say why. Maybe but they there hit you the go. wrong button. Maybe they did that. <laughs> Could be. We're not going to say wrestling fans are known for their brilliant thinking. Okay. All right. Steph. <laughs> <Step night. laughs> sorry with dirty duke here i gotta be on my mean a game he will yeah, slap me if i act I, like a pussy. i'm glad you said it that way i thought i thought you were gonna start to say with dirty duke here i gotta be stiff i just gotta say this duke. i'm really it. sorry that andy was watching obviously a bucket load of pornos before this <laughs> because it only seems to be the thing on his mind right now i'm sorry about that this well, is a family okay. show kids <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, it's yeah, not. where are we at with the language level on this show? This fucking language on this goddamn okay, motherfucking show Oh, come show on is... now. Okay. I, might, I might struggle during that Bucks match review. Don't don't worry about it. We have a big little E they throw on every one of our matches. Even I'm though we don't joking. tend to swear a lot, uh, WPOV makes up for it <laughs> on their show on Saturdays. All righty. Next off, let's talk about, we talked about um, some of the up-and-comers that we saw and we want to put a little bit of a spotlight our, our day today's hot topic is uh what about these three up-and-comers that we've been seeing and we're going to look at two tag teams and a singles wrestler okay uh the two tag teams are top flight we've seen them a few times now and i do believe these guys are the sons are they not of devon dudley no those are, those are the hughes 
the hues and that's and not who top no, plate yeah. is no okay see i keep mixing that up i was under that impression it was these guys okay so we have the top we have top flight we have the varsity blondes who we've seen this week in tonight's episode made up of brian pillman and griff garrison is that right yeah yep. that guy's name weirded out and danny limelight who we actually had on the show about a month and a half ago who Last week, took it to Kenny Omega, or two weeks ago, took it to Kenny Omega in a very interesting uh, six-man tag. Now, uh, I'd like to ask each of you guys, who you guys feel of those three of the list, who actually has a real potential? And I, this one's tough, because I, I wouldn't, it was hard to pick the criteria of this. So I, I'll let you guys pick your own criteria, but my criteria was, as much as I liked somebody, as much as I enjoyed somebody, who out of these three would I actually see a year from now making some kind of eventful impact within wrestling? And which one, in, in all honesty, which ones wouldn't because of whatever things against them. So I'm going to start off with Andy. Andy, of this three list, is there any, who and why do you feel has the best chance here? All right. Well, I will start off by saying I think all three contestants, uh, all three, all three, uh, of the given choices mm -hmm. have potential. Uh, I enjoy all three for a variety of reasons. Looking at it though, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, and we, we kind of talked about it with, with Peter Avalon. There's, there's, I don't say the talent is deep, but their rosters are so deep, both on tag teams uh, and singles. So to me, it's like whoever from these three, is somebody that's going to make an impact. Uh, somebody that we're going to be talking about a year from now needs to find a way to stand out from the rest. Uh, I look at top flight, you know, they're, they're not bad, especially you know, being so young, whatever they are, like 19, 20 years old, yeah. uh, a lot of high flying. There's already a lot of high flyers uh, you already got, you know, from the young bucks to TH, what is it? TH2, the hybrid or whatever. Uh, who is the other team? The, the rappers with uh, oh, the acclaim. Yeah, so you've got you got that competition there, um, you know. And then you could, at least with with Griff and Brian Pillman Jr. Um, Pillman Jr. Whether you like it or not, he's got the name, and, mm -hmm. and I think that can kind of help carry him through. Uh, Danny Limelight. Uh, I wasn't here when we interviewed him. I don't really watch Dark, but kind of seeing him for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. I really enjoyed his work. Um, to me, it's a toss up between, between Danny and the varsity blondes. Okay. Um, Danny did some great work. Uh, not the biggest guy. So again, you know, like earlier we're, we're talking about needing the needing a few more monsters, needing a few more giants. Um, I think for Danny, he, there's got to be a little more person. There's got to be more personality. There's got to be a character, something that'll help him stick out from everybody else. Otherwise, he just becomes, uh, I want to say a smaller guy, but not the biggest guy, but mm -hmm. like a really solid worker. So that's why I'm going to go back and say the Varsity Blondes. Okay. Just because, because of the look, because of the team, because of Brian Pillman Jr. Mm -hmm. um, I. That's what I'm going to go with that I think has okay. the potential to, uh, you know, like you said, for to kind of meet the criteria that we're that we're talking about. Okay, uh, Elio. I'm going to go with the same varsity buns, really? and because I'm 
when, when I first saw Griff Garrison, right? We mm-hmm. I never seen this guy before, so we know like how he how he is in the ring. But then seeing him more, and they gave they put more of a focus on him. So now we've seen like that he can uh, really do stuff in the ring. So I'm that I'm gonna go with uh, Rusty Bonds. Okay. Um, did you want to weigh on this one, Duke, or do you want to? Uh, yeah, no, man. <clears throat> I actually know. I actually know these guys. Okay. Um, I definitely, I really like Griff Garrison. Um, okay. I actually think if we're talking singles guys, I really do think in a year he could be, you know, just need some polish, right? Because he's got he's got a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tall enough. He, you know, he's not a monster, but at least he's tall enough to get on the roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you package him with Pillman Jr., who's got the grossest mullet in the entire <laughs> league. It's so greasy. Um, oh, I dry heave every time I see it. Um <laughs> Having said that, I mean, the kid can work, right? He's come so far in the last few years. Um, so I really see those guys, you know, working with some more polished talents, working with some elite level producers and writers. I really I really think they can do a lot. Like Andy said, you know, no disrespect to the other tag teams in that division. Yeah. But in AEW in general, there's so many high flyers. Yeah. I mean, that's why teams like FTR stand out so much because they're, they're different by not flying. Yeah. And so okay. I think that, you know, if these guys – sprinkle in some because you you know yeah you got to show that you can do it but Mm -hmm. you know if they keep doing what they're doing i think they're on the right track for sure okay um now this one was really tough one for me because uh it was one of those parts where if i went straight with my heart like the guy that i want to you know are the persons or groups who i want to really succeed i would say danny limelight in a minute okay uh he has a lot of great potential uh i gotta tell you i interviewed the guy for 10 minutes and uh he came off as one of the most genuine, nice, coolest dudes you ever met. The problem is, um, Daddy Limelight's a little bit small, and uh, <laughs> small enough that in AEW he kind of looks a little small. And AEW is not exactly filled with giant guys to begin with, so that's a bit of a detriment. Uh, as I was trying to think of the best way, uh, my best thing is he would be a great fit in maybe with um, Eddie Kingston. You know, maybe have him in that group. Would it, maybe that could help elevate him into be a, a top-level jerk, you know? Uh, that's something he could work with. Uh, now, the Varsity Blondes, I'm very surprised you guys picked these guys. And, and the reason why is they remind me so much, and the way they're kind of presenting them, as the uh, kind of perennial jobber teams they used to have in WCW in the days, where they'd have the Armstrong brothers or uh, these young, you know, rock and roll dude guys that they bring in who – They'd have a good matches, but maybe the occasional win, but they would never really get anywhere. They were basically there to make the top teams look a little bit stronger, you know? Um, Griff Garrison is a big dude. I'll give him that. He has that going for him. But there's something very generic about him that I can't place my finger on. I, I just don't see him breaking out as a star. And I've struggled to watch Brian Pillman over the last two years. Okay. I've seen him through uh, MLW. I seen them try and push him as a singles guy. It didn't work very well. He's not credible enough with his wrestling to carry a whole match yet, you know? Um, and as a tag team guy, boy, you think with the guy with the big name, he's the one guy who seems like the odd man out in the tag all the time. You know, he seems to get eaten up in the spotlight of his partner. So it's one of those things where he's got this name, and if he could just somehow reach up another level, that name could take him a long ways. 
but he's starting to feel to me sometimes like one of those, like the minor Von Eric guys, you know, they had the name, but you know, those dudes were never going anywhere out of Texas or never. Don't talk about Elio like that. (laughs) Sorry, Elio, but (laughs) your dad is, your stepdad is being very mean right now. Um, (laughs) uh, Top flight. Now here's a weird one. You guys are right. There's a gazillion tag teams in AEW that are high flyers, especially. Right. But I forgot when I started looking back about uh, Top Flight, I forgot that the older brother had put in some time in MLW as Airwolf. And Airwolf was actually a kind of exciting wrestler on his own. He was a really interesting young guy coming up. He was, it looked like Elio woke up. He's trying to remember Airwolf. Do you remember Airwolf? No, no, I remember. I'm saying, who? who, It was the bigger one. The bigger, darker one was Airwolf. Right. Yeah, he came in and he he did some um, some really good uh, mid heavyweight stuff for MLW, uh, which also showed me he wasn't a hundred percent of a high flyer there. He was a kind of interesting lucha thing. I love the fact that these guys are obviously brothers. They may not be the biggest, most exciting high flyer team, but they have with them this weird gel that you only get with brothers. You know, they really seem to be on their game as two guys working as one in there. I think by next year the way AEW is pushing things, I think they are going to be, out of these guys on this list, the actual breakouts. I think Griff Garrison, the more you guys talk about him, the more I'm trying to look at him a little more. Maybe he does have a chance of really breaking out. But I think, unfortunately, the actual team of the Varsity Blondes are going to be the jobbers of the stars. They're going to be the guys. That's true. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think they're the guys who are going to be putting over the inner circle and every other bad guy team until eventually... Uh, Brian Pillman turns on Griff uh, Garrison, and you know it's going to be Brian Pillman Jr. That mullet is pure evil, and it will continue to be evil <laughs> into all of our hearts. God dang, Joe Dirt, God dang. <laughs> well, you know what, folks? Uh, let's see the numbers on that. Uh, what did you guys think of who you thought? I'm, I'm just tabulating it through the computer right now. We're going to tell you what you fans voted of these three who is the breakouts or whatnot? Boy, my my contabulator is slow tonight. Uh, blah, 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 I have blah, numbers blah, blah. in front of me. Elio doesn't okay. look impressed. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's because Elio just makes shit up. But go ahead, Elio, make up. Make, it, make us look smart, Elio. Make no, us look smart. Top, top flight had seventeen percent. Ooh, that's twenty-seven. Twenty-seven percent went with varsity blondes, and fifty-six percent went with Danny Limelight. Nice. Well, at least the folks are behind the the guy with the heart. Give him that. He did have, I got to admit, I did not think he would have such a great showing against Omega as he did in that match. He kind of impressed me a little. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. So we're going to move on now, folks. We're going to get into right now into AEW Dynamite. Before we do, I'd like Elio right now to take this opportunity and tell people if they wanted to write in where could people write in to get information, talk to us, uh, say, you know, that Dirty Duke Durango would probably wrestle better in a pink tutu and maybe Andy just sucks as a host. Where would you tell us <laughs> right into these things? So you can, write, you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. I'll be you know, writing in a complaint to the management. Yeah. Okay, Karen, calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> my way for the background karen's like f you son of a <laughs> <laughs> um now i can see you know we're all old men here 
We've all just got off of watching wrestling for two hours. We're all getting into the twilight of our years. We're probably all nodding off. So before we nod off, I'm going to wind up Andy and get him to sell us some T-shirts. Oh, so Andy, uh, <laughs> put on the, the, the wine stick. It's time to sell us some T-shirts, brother. Thank you, TJ. Wrestling WPOV fans, if you'd like to own your very own copy of a wrestling WPOV t-shirt, make your way to prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling WPOV, where you can choose from four, count them, one, two, three, four different wrestling WPOV t-shirts, $19.95 each, US dollars. Get your t-shirt today. And you know what, fans? We are one of many shows that are on the WPOV network. Weekly, we have this show, WPOV Global, where we take a look at uh, some of the independent stuff going on. We talk mostly about AEW, break down that entire show, and probably talk a bunch of other nonsense and bullshit uh, for at least an hour or two. So uh, that's every... Uh, what is that, every Friday? Every Saturday, there's WPOV Wrestling featuring Rick Serrano III, Tony Diaz, and that traitorous scumbag, Elio Canella, <laughs> as they take the time to talk all about uh, WWF and what other nonsense they're showing off this week. And then, of course, we have the show that uh, is the fun granddaddy of it for us. We call it uh, WPOV Quarantine. It's the one where we actually have some uh, guest hosts on, and we sit around and talk actual wrestling. We talk about the stuff we like, the stuff we see, the things that... We want to see, we talk history, we, we encapsulate a lot of what, what we love about wrestling into that episode. And that one is our, our YouTube exclusive one where you can see us uh, babble on. We got some fancy hairdos going on. All of us are balding except for <laughs> Elio who... <laughs> and uh, oh, some yeah. occasional guests uh that you find every tuesday and of course after every big wwe pay-per-view we have aftermath where some iteration of either of us hosts get together and we just talk about the event you just saw and tell you if it was worth watching or if it was garbage so uh tune in for all those shows you can find us on uh itunes iheart radio tune in um i've been Podbean, good old Podbean. Anyways, folks, we get back. We're going to talk some AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! This is D'Lo Brown right here, right now. You're listening to WPOV Global. You're looking at the real deal now. All right, folks, we're back. Let us talk today AEW Dynamite. Now, I got to tell you guys, I have been a little bit depressed over the last couple of weeks. AEW versus NXT on the big show has not been going very well for AEW. You know, about a month ago, we had a few good shows in there, and we have been treated the last month of some pretty dreadful shows. And uh, I got to admit, I was a little bit scared. I mean, we had they had their excuses. There was the inauguration. There was all that stuff going on over the weeks. Here is the first new tape, um, first live taping uh, tonight that we've seen in a while. What were we going to get? Well, fans. I think we actually got not a bad episode, and let's get into it right now. I know mine. Uh, we open up the show. Um, we start off with Eddie Kingston coming to the ring. Uh, he's going to face off against Lance Archer. And uh, before we get right into this match, you know, they keep telling us about the reason that these two guys are fighting is because Lance Archer was never eliminated. Or how did that go? Eddie Kingston was never eliminated in the Battle Royal. Archer won, got the title shot, got that COVID bout, was taken out. Kingston got the title shot. But then so did Archer got a title shot. But for some reason, both of them hate each other. <laughs> There's a, such a stretch of logic. I can never understand why these two are trying to kill each other. 
but it has something to do with a battle royal where both of them still got a title shot, but for whatever reason, they want to kill each other. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> yeah, it really is a it's such a convoluted one. I almost wished at this time they just shut up about it and just say that these guys don't like each other and fight. Because it, it's one of those bad things where you try and listen to what they're saying, do the logic and go, there is no logic in that. Yeah, but that's what they should push this as. Uh, Lance Archer just wants yeah. to kill Eddie Kingston. Eddie Fine. Kingston took the last donut in catering. There we go. <laughs> now, okay, I've got to ask. We looked at Lance Archer. Does he look like he's missing any hair at all? No. No. The, the, is maybe his mohawk thinner? Is that the thing? I don't get it. Where did all that hair come from? I, I'm trying to hold in my head that maybe he just trimmed the mohawk to a little strip instead of a big strip. I, I, I don't know. As you've pointed out several times in group chat, I think he trimmed something. It's just nothing that we can actually see on TV. Because <laughs> the past few weeks, it's like, you know, like, I don't know, like, archer hair... Archer Harrogate uh, has been like the, the, the constant watch. It's like the past two or three weeks going, yeah. okay, Archer comes out. No, his hair still looks the same. Archer comes out. No, his hair still looks the same. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was his dog. Maybe his dog got a haircut. What we're referring to, Duke, is uh, three weeks ago, he uh, Archer put up a picture, well, I guess two weeks ago, and it looked like a whole bunch of his hair shaved off into a sink with a thing now saying, it looks extensions coming. like a beautiful lady. Well, it doesn't look, his hair looks exactly the same. So we're wondering where all this hair, I jokingly have said maybe he just yeah. did his pubes and threw them in there, yeah. but. <laughs> full of taint hair. Yeah, and, and now at this point, unfortunately, like that almost looks like that must be the reality because the hair on his head doesn't look like it's changed. Yeah. Maybe it's like a silverback who has to shave his back like a fly or something. Oh. Well, but it was, even that was red and white, though. So he's got some good, good back hair growth going on. Yeah, that's, that's some strangeness going on in this story, boys and girls. All right, let's get into this match. Uh, match comes off pretty standard. Uh, two big guys going at it hard. Nothing too spectacular going on here. Not uh, enough chops. Not no enough chops. <laughs> Archer takes some pretty harsh chops. And it's, I'm going to ask about that one, Duke. Now, you, you must know about chops a lot. I mean, you've been in wrestling. Okay. So I watch Archer and, uh, Kingston's chopping and chopping him. He doesn't look like he's like they don't sound super hard. He That's doesn't... because they're the shits. <laughs> okay, but then all of a sudden Archer's whole chest looks like it's ready yeah. to like die. Yeah, here's the thing, man. And this is I don't watch wrestling like you. People are watching the match. There's the commentator. I'm like, I hate that guy's grip on his suplex. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I watch things different. Yeah. And yeah, Eddie Kingston. No disrespect. He's at, a, at an elite level, so I don't want to sound like. I'm, but nope. to be realistic. I've never seen anyone give a chop like that. Do you know what I mean? His hand's yeah. not relaxed. It's just a straight-out slap in the chest. And you nailed it on the head. The thing about that is it's two things. It looks like shit, yeah. and it hurts. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's dual-purpose junk. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was wondering how they just looked so crappy, sounded so crappy, yeah. and yet when they cut over to Archer's chest, he actually looks like he's in a lot of pain. Um this match finally gets to the point where we have the whole schmoz interference thing happen. We have uh, the Butcher and the Blade come out. Uh, they're John with the ref. Archer's turned the other way. Bunny slips out from the crowd, puts, um, what the hell was she put on him? Some kind of, what did they call it? Uh, oh, knuckle dusters. He called yeah. them knuckle dusters, but. Oh, you know, yeah, zoomed in on the worst tape gimmick in the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, 
<laughs> this is what kills me too. I'm sorry. I like Eddie Kingston and I like his promos and things, but he gets back in and gives one of the lamest spinning back fists and it knocks Archer out. The unstoppable monster goes down to the lamest. Uh, but he has the knucks. He had the knucks. Oh, it didn't. Yeah. It just it was, a gimmick. I get the gimmick, but Jesus guys, uh, at least make that gimmick look like it was worth it. But so he goes down hard. The only thing I want to point out weird in this match is uh, it looked like uh, Kingston took a hell of a good little backdrop uh, off the side of the ring and down. Yeah, I even wrote that down. Like, oh. The only bad thing about that, Andy, was when they first happened, everybody just went, oh, right? But then when they showed you the replay, it didn't look anywhere as bad on the replay. No, it was the one time the I was like, to the side on his hip. Yeah, yeah, it was the one time I was like, they shouldn't have shown us that replay and sold it as, oh, that was horrendous. If yeah. I was a wrestling promoter, Mm-hmm. The number one rule I would have is no apron bumps in my promotion. Yeah, but that's become words, a big thing now. I don't want to be the guy to say this, man. It's just a matter of time until somebody gets seriously hurt bumping on a part of the ring that was never made to bump on. No, no, like, I agree. I, I cringe every time I see them. Did you? Did, rather, did, did Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say when you saw that uh, Duke when he went over and hit the side of the thing before they showed the other. Uh, view of it did you just kind of groan like as badly as i did inside kind of like ah i literally my answer was for fuck's sakes boys you know a protect yourself b look after the guy if you got to do something dangerous like that and something i actually have written down here is Mm -hmm. the boys in that match in particular they're not giving each other time to bump square it doesn't i mean and i know they respect each other so i don't want to sound like they're treating each other like garbage but they're just not taking the time to make sure the guy's getting in a good, safe position. Do you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. when you're because they're not working 300 days a year, they can get away with a lot of that crap. But man, they got to look after each other a little better. Like it's hard to time a bump over the top rope to the outside on the apron. Yeah. So maybe just don't put yourself in a position where you can break your neck. You know? Fair enough. Do you think maybe the reason that they were doing this is the fact that? They both have reputations as big, strong dudes, so they were just trying to go like, you know, two big apes going at it too hard or... Well, I mean, the thing is, it was a good, solid match. You know what I mean? And like you said, they are two big, they're two big sledgehammers smashing it out, which is cool to watch because, you know, it's going back to our Monsters comment. These mm-hmm. guys are large fellas. You know, I, I mean, um, Lance Archer's moonsault was absolute dynamite. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When he does the walk across ropes and hits a moonsault. Um, so they're doing some really cool shit. I think you can do other things without taking that sort of risk. Like, okay. I think that's a, that's a dangerous bump, man. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of uh, the match, Andy? I liked it uh, uh, as an opener, as a, a bigger man match. Um, yeah. I had that, that ugly choke slam bump the outside. Um, I'll back up everything Duke said, you know, I, not necessary. You can find other ways to make things look devastating and, um, I don't know. I guess I just don't see the the appeal to the uh, that kind of outside the ring okay. bump. But um, but yeah, overall it, solid, fun, big man match. Um, yeah, the next thing might have been a little bit lame, but at least it was a cheap win for Eddie. Yeah, and uh, you know can help continue things with the storyline. So I was down for it. I thought it was all right. Good match. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Elio. This was a good good opening match. Uh, like I said, yeah, it was a good opening match. Uh, I knew that, you know, you kind of knew there were going to be some kind of gimmick win here. I kind of wish it hadn't been so sloppy looking. That's all. 
I don't mind. I, I, you know, I'm old school wrestling guy. I don't mind you hand somebody the thing and he punches you in the face or the roll of quarters or whatever, you know, but at least make it look slightly credible. If you're going to have some, you're going to hand somebody some cool weapon, at least make the attack with it look like it was cool, you know, which I felt was really lacking on this. The only thing I don't like about this, now it starts a whole thing with Lance Archer. So now does he have to get a whole bunch of guys together to go after all these dudes? Like he's he's been portrayed as this monster lone wolf guy all himself. Now is he going with guys or is he going to take them on all by himself? So does this pull, meanwhile, the, the death triangle thing's going, he can't get along with any of the death triangle. I, I just found it a little bit muddled uh, for the end, for just story-wise of where this is supposed to go now. You know, uh, maybe if Archer had won, he just progresses past this and they go on with the dark star. I want to say dark all the time, but the death triangle, there just seems like a little bit too many stories going along, especially since we've shown the death triangle and Lance Archer can't get along at all. So for me, that was a little bit convoluted. Um, what I'm going to go next over to uh, John Moxley. And I got to say, guys, I, this was a fun John Moxley pre um, interview without him sounding like he's too tough. You know, sometimes guys can come across as too tough. He came across in this one to me as a legitimate tough guy, wondering how in the hell am I stuck in with all these idiots around me? But anyone want to say anything about this one? I, you know what? I, I agree with what you said. And you guys know from past episodes, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll say lukewarm. Fence. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> on the, on the fence a little bit on the lukewarm towards uh towards mox just the character in general uh i've been in the general agreement that over the past year i think his promos have gotten better and to me this you know wasn't anything overly crazy over the top like you said not too tough uh it was it was fun i for me to actually say that moxley promo was fun i don't think i've ever thought that or said that but just the whole you know let me get this straight these guys are with these guys these guys don't get along (laughs) this guy and this guy well they they're they're supposed to hate me but now they're friends with this guy so you know and he said the whole thing it's like like the young and the restless you know like this is awesome like yeah Yeah. it's like i could i could finally like buy into what he was saying and relate and uh you know i think it you know kind of helped set up things for for later on but it was it was a good Good, fun promo. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, what did you think, uh, Duke? Just you tuned in and you saw this uh, this little thing. Did he come across as credible? Because we we've always uh, been watching Mox getting better at these things because he started off dreadful. Uh, right. What was your opinion of seeing Mox, say, as a fan who doesn't watch it totally every week, but you turned on and saw this? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I've watched – I've kind of watched the evolution of Moxley because I've been interested mm-hmm. to see, you know, what he's done since he left WWE. Um, I, I think – the longer he has the chains off, the better he's going to get. Um, you know, you spend so much time in the WWE system learning to do it their way. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a little bit of time to kind of break out of that sort of mentality or shell, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his kind of edge of insanity thing. You know, I do like that where, you know, it's always like my brother, his nickname's Crazy Dean, because you just never know. Do you know what I mean? And we yeah. just had that nickname since we were probably – you know, 17 or 18 years old, you know, he would have been in his early twenties. And that's what the Moxie character reminds me of. He's not, you know, he doesn't need to come across as the toughest guy because when somebody snaps, it's going to take 10 cops to hold them down. And Mm so as the promos come, the character evolves and I I seem, I sort of like the way he's going, but I'd like to see a little faster evolution. Okay. You know, 
Now, uh, going from good interview next to <laughs> bad <laughs> interviews, I'm well, at least in my opinion, Darby mm-hmm. Allen and Sting. Oh my lord! Um, does somebody want to touch on this one? Because I, I'm trying to think of something positive to say, but I like Sting. But man, him and, Tur- him and Turtle say. Boy, him and I can't Turtle find Boy, anything this good terrible. to say about this. This was just bad. Darby's getting good rub off Sting. There's that's the positive thing. Sting's yeah. never been especially shit hot on the mic. No. I mean, he knew what to do, when to do it in a match, but he was never this amazing character on the mic. His, you know, thing, other things that I think are what got him over. But I mean, as he's gotten older, I think, and this is, please think, don't punch me in the face if we ever meet, but I think as he's gotten older, he's actually gotten kind of progressively worse on the mic, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I think some of it has to do with being that, that character that doesn't talk. Yeah. So then, you know, you got to keep those skills sharp, right? Yeah. I, I find it also odd that how much has Darby Allen told us how important the skateboard is, but he just hucked it out the window because he wanted to make a point. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm missing something. I, I don't know. He's probably sitting I, at home right now like, fuck, I wish I had that skateboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, even for me, the, uh, I don't know. I just, I actually laughed out loud when he's like, yeah, you know, it's like, you're a hoodlum. Yes, I was going to say the hoodlum thing. Wait, are we back in the 1930s? You're a hoodlum. That's a guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is the pro book? Yeah. That yeah, makes hooligan. Hoodlums. Yeah. Hoodlums, yeah. We are just two bad individuals who are up to no good. Yeah. That's almost how that felt. Yeah. So I, I, I had a chuckle with that. And then, you know, after Sting smashes a couple windows, he has to decide. Yeah, yeah, we, we are hoodlums. <laughs> yes. I, I have it written in my notes. Sting seems upset. <laughs> I had a point to write that down. I, I, had, I made a, a point of mine that said, uh, man, I hope uh, Sting isn't blowing up after hitting those couple windows because he looks like he was having a hard time breathing after that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what kind of merch are they going to come up with, like hoodlums, established like 1929. Uh, hoodie hoodlum, the hoodie hoodlum. The hoodie hoodlum, yeah. the hoodlum hoodie. <laughs> yeah. it, and it's only one. There'll be, be yeah. Sting standing over the baseball bat in a 1930s fedora. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of hoodlums. Yeah. Baseball maybe, bat in one hand and a Tommy gun in the other. Yes. I was going to say, or he was holding the baseball bat like a Tommy gun or something. <laughs> Shooting other tiny baseball bats. Yeah. So if we had to put money down right now, who thinks this is going to be a regular match? And who thinks this is going to be some cinematic, we need Sting to be able to take breaks every 30 seconds to breathe sort of match? I see cinematic. Yeah, I've gone on record, I think, one of the like, last couple episodes saying that you know when he works, it's going to be cinematic. It's, it's going to be like the last ride match there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I had a lot of fun with that Undertaker-WrestleMania match. Yeah. So if they could produce the heck out of something like that, let's see what you could do. Have some fun with it. I'm kind of okay with that. I think so, now with, with the hoodlum, yeah. I think it's going to be like a 1920s, 1930s street fights, put up your nukes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Listen, you're going to get a fight, see? You're going to miss us outside. <laughs> it's going to go down. Come yeah, that's they're going to be snapping fingers like the, yeah. like the Warriors or something like that. <laughs> oh. this, okay, and I hate to be that guy. But let's just throw logic into this for one second and see if I understand this correctly, okay? Uh, Darby Allen has single-handedly defeated every member of, Ta- of Taz's group. He has a victory over every single one of them. He's sort of like, what is he, like four or five and old against their group. 
So they think that the best way to get the revenge is to let him get a partner and have a tag team match against him now. <laughs> He's beaten every one of them singly. So let's get him a tag team partner and then we can beat him. Wow, the logic of this is just so stupid. Of why <laughs> these guys are trying to fight uh, Darby Allen all the time. Maybe it's all a grandmaster plan, and Sting is secretly part of Team Taz, and he's like the handicap for Darby Allen. Because he's mad at Darby Allen for stealing his gimmick. Yeah. There we go. That you know what? That's called logic and ain't gonna fit in AEW guys. You don't think that's the plan? <laughs> yeah. No, it's logic. It makes sense, so it's not gonna happen. And then after oh. the turn, Sting's gonna call Darby Allen a no good Nick. A no good <laughs> Nick. Oh my god. This is getting out of hand, guys. Out of hand. A ne'er do well. A ne'er do well. (laughs) All right. Next, we move on to Jericho and MJF taking on the Varsity Blondes. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I was missing that. When they did their entrance, did they not? Did they play a different song in the beginning with MJF coming out and then switch it to Chris Jericho? Because I remember singing it thinking in my head, oh, they're not playing that stupid Judas song. And then all of a sudden they're all singing the song. So was that like a combo entrance thing or did, was I not? Yeah, no, they each got their own entrance. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I was like, oh, how refreshing. They're not playing his dumb song for a change. But then of course they played it and looped over the audience and oh my Lord. Oh, the crowd loves it. <sighs> well, and let's be, let's remember that the crowd is actually just a bunch of wrestlers paid to sit there. So but the best part of that is if you watch Jericho's face at the end when the crowd's singing. Oh, he looks like he's looks, coming in his pants. He's trying not to laugh almost. Like he's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 I know you'd probably think that, but we do know that three weeks ago, uh, Jericho lost his mind because they didn't play the song long enough. He wanted it doubled over so that the fans sang it twice. And cool. he threw a big fit over production because he demanded that the song be played the way he sang it. And then the next week when they did it, it fell flat because the fans didn't actually do it. <laughs> so a lot of it, I think, unfortunately, is Chris Jericho's uh, ego here playing this uh, song. So in my mind, I saw that look on his face. So he's like, oh, I'm so loved. You know, and it's like, dude, they're just a bunch of people paid to sing your song. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Living the life star. Okay. So anyways, um, Varsity Blondes, they didn't really get much of an entrance. That's always a sad. I always find that sad when you... You're, you're pushed as the team that has a chance, yet you didn't really get an entrance. You, you tells everyone you're not getting a chance. Uh, match opens up. Uh, I'm going to say, I, after this match, I was much more impressed with Griff Garrison than I had been in a while. I thought he did really well in this match. He really acquitted himself pretty good here. Um, anyone want to talk about this match? I'll go short. I just, because I, I thought it was a, a fun match. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, not not really ever question and doubt who was going to win, but I, I thought it was a good showing for all four of them. Okay. I thought the I thought the baby faces got to you know look good and got some offense in. Um, you know, Jericho and MJF were you know, the bigger, better, badder team, and mm-hmm. that was it. But uh, yeah, no, for for what it was, decent match. Okay. Anyone else throw anything else in there, guys, about this match? You know, uh, so like Andy said, it was it was a good match. Uh, and I like how they put like focused on uh, Griff Garrison, who's uh, basically like basically like the spotlight. Yeah. yeah, the more experienced of the, yeah. the two. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, uh, I always enjoy how during any kind of matches involving MJF, when the whole inner circle's there, and MJF has taken any kind of beating or running, how Gu- how Sammy Guevara's outside laughing and. Uh, cheering on the other team while everyone else on his team is cheering on his guys. Guevara's just loving it. 
<laughs> trying to get uh, under uh, MJF's uh, skin. So I, I enjoyed that. Uh, one thing I got to tell you, Duke, if you think that uh, uh, that Pillman Jr. has a terrible haircut, you didn't see, what was it, two months ago? Remember when he dyed it so white, blonde? Oh, when you told me about that and they went back and watched him like oh no that's just wrong uh he really does seem kind of sometimes in this team like he's not much of a factor though you know he's which surprises me because in mlw they always had him as the guy trying to outdo uh davy boy or uh, teddy hart when he teamed with them so good luck with that yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't come off looking the greatest, but he tried. Yeah. You know, well, here, the thing about Pillman Jr. is he's in a pretty, you know, I don't want to disrespect him at all, but he's in a pretty good spot for what I'll call a relatively green guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He, it's not like he's been in the, he's been around for a few years now, but you know, it's not like he's working, you know, twenty times a month sort of thing to really yeah. gain that experience. So, I mean, he'll. That's why I say, like, if you give him a year working with the, you know, him and Griff Garrison working with some top guys. With some good writers and and some good producers around to give him some guidance, I think he'll do really really well. I mean, he's he loves. I mean, I've worked some shows with him in PWA. The yeah. kid loves the business, so mm-hmm. if he can just kind of, he just needs a little guidance. Um, I should point out to you guys, which I, I don't know if you guys actually know this, but he is not actually under contract with AEW. Is that still something to do with like MLW or something? He is yeah. still he's still a full time employee of MLW. Okay. Yes, so we will see them occasionally tag, but not until he finishes up everything with MLW. He's still actually under their property. Right. So that's why that's one of the dangers that I should have brought up that we may not see the biggest push of them because that makes sense. Yep. He's not under their contract. Right. All right. So, um, yeah, interesting match. Uh, progresses the interesting story in my mind, anyways, of MJF and uh, Sammy Guevara. Still, though, when are they pulling the trigger on this Jericho MJF stuff? It's just really dragging on. And kind of makes Jericho seem like he's the blindest, dumbest dude in the world. You know, there's obviously rotten wormwood under him and he just refuses to look at all. Blinded by his stardom, man. Yeah. Too much the rock star. Yeah. Um, next we go on. Uh, oh God. Um, let's talk about, we, we see the, we see from last week, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, and, uh, the Good Brothers beating down um, Penta. Penta. Uh, I kind of, I, I sorry, I, I didn't, because uh, I was sick last week. I didn't actually get too yeah, much to see Penta. that. Yeah, you guys went over that. Um, then we cut over to, oh my goodness. This, <laughs> okay, AEW. AEW, you want to do award <laughs> show. You want to highlight your awards. We get that. Why on earth would you not either show us these awards put it on your own show like um, Dark, but instead it was on a, on a website, the Bleacher Report. Yeah, I mean, so the Bleacher none of us here pay for that. I didn't even see, I didn't see it. I was watching them out of the So what do these awards even mean? Are they the Bleacher Reports awards? <laughs> they're obviously they're not really AEW awards because you're having an independent company do it. I, I think, uh, and then they're just, uh, we cut to this thing. Let's get to the, forget the awards crap. We know nothing about it because who knows? Then we cut to Shaq. Okay, we're giving this we giant man. First. What's that? We back up first. Yeah. What do you want to look at? You missed the pack promo. Oh God! Yeah, it's a good promo. Oh, man. I, it I was enjoy, a good I, promo. I enjoyed that one. That was okay. really good. Yeah. You guys talk about it. Uh, 
Okay, go ahead, Andy. You t- what, what did you like about this promo? Everything. I like yeah. the uh, I like the delivery. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the setting. Mm-hmm. Everything. It was it was a very like <laughs> like it was a good like you know when they talk about Pac being like the bastard or whatever. Mm-hmm. This to me was like, <laughs> and I don't know why, but just everything about it was creepy bastard promo. Yeah. Okay. And he, and he had, the long he had, hair, the look with the lighting, and the and brick the, the wall. Bra- yeah, and the brick. And it looked just, like a church too, didn't it? And, and he didn't have to yell and all that. No, no. Yeah, it no. was really and good promo. It was good. Okay. Yeah, like and I like and that's I had uh, one word right beside it, solid with an exclamation point. Yeah. It, similar to the, I think for me at least, because I had mm-hmm. written solid beside the Mox promo, was like. It, it almost like surprises me because with a lot of the promos in the past, I'm kind of like, uh, but it's kind of like two for two here because this one got delivered and, and I, I was actually like this, like I, I, you know, I was hooked in. Yeah. So I thought it was, I thought it was a solid piece of business there. I guess the reason why I, I was not the biggest fan of this, I liked the delivery. I thought everything looked good about it. My only problems were some of the words he was saying. And it was just sort of reminded me of like when Sting and Darby Allen, because they're like talking like, you know, they're back in the 30s or whatever. Then he does his promo and he's like, you're tricking people and scamming. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like the death triangle was these fucking douchebags like six months ago doing worse shit. And now you're mad? English people talk stupid. (laughs) Right? Like Okay. They talk talk funny anyway. Yeah. You know, but... Sorry to cut you off. No, go right um, ahead. Now I'm just going to take your whole platform. It's my turn. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Here's where, to me, what where WWE separates itself from every other wrestling company mm-hmm. is production. It doesn't seem to matter how much money other companies pump into production. They look like they're filming porno. WWE looks like they're filming, you know, um, big screen movies. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, there's almost no comparison. This was one promo I saw where the production was on par with anything else that they're competing with. You know what I mean? So you factored really, really high quality production with a high quality promo. And that for me is the best promo I've seen on AEW. Okay. You know, as far as something that just wasn't in the ring, like an actual produced piece. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm starting to think Mel, as the show's going on, right? Um, You know what the show is missing? We're just not getting enough Cody Rhodes. There's more. Hold my beer. <laughs> so then we get the pre. Uh, thank God he didn't have the music. I could not have taken this had they had the whole entrance music and whatnot. I, I don't know if I could take this much Cody Rhodes this week, but instead they cut to a, a thing. Uh, him and uh, Arn Anderson in his old man grandpa tracksuit. Uh, stand- <laughs> hey, hey, take it easy on Arn Anderson. <laughs> Like a um, second father to be. Uh, shouldn't that be Andy? Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stepbrother so, Andy. <laughs> one of the biggest problems, uh, I think, about, I mean, I know sometimes you have to dumb things down for the fans to explain things, but is there anyone who's watched any of this over the last couple of weeks who didn't guess that Red Velvet and uh, Cody Rhodes were going to team up against Jade Cargill and Shaq. I mean, this has been so obvious for so darn long. And I, I guess, you know what? We, we also skipped talking about the pack thing. Before I get into Cody, Shaq, you guys, Shaq, <laughs> let's talk about that Shaq promo. Uh, uh, you're shaking man. your head, Duke. 
Why are you shaking your head about that? About Shaq? I mean, he's a big dude. He's he's a giant. He's a giant name, so he brings eyes. But yeah. to me, that's literally the only benefit of doing this type of stuff. It's a lose lose for the guy he works with because if you win, yeah, you're a wrestler. He's a basketball player. You should have beat him anyway. Not only is a basketball player, he's older than God. Mm-hmm. Um, I look spry walking next to Shaq. Um, you know, I just don't think like it brings eyes, and I appreciate that. But at what yeah. cost? Because you you could look like a real asshole at the end of this. Yeah, that is true. Andy, you too. You did. You didn't. Uh, I didn't buy the Shaq thing. It was just for. It seemed like a guy who was told like, who who said, okay, here's a difference. If Shaq really had a problem with Cody Rhodes, what he said did not read like a guy no. who was upset at a guy. No. It read more like a guy where they said, hey, take this piece of paper, say some stuff about a guy you don't like. You pretend you know you're mad at Cody and you're gonna get him. Okay. He didn't believe Cody, it. Sure. Yeah. 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 This this was reading. This was the reading off the teleprompter. And, you know, very little emotion. It's like, uh, you're a little punk. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to show you. And because you're a little punk and your blonde hair, you look like a girl. Like almost like writing his teleprompter. Of, That's some terrible shit. Like, like, I mean, it just, just like that kind of mono delivery, too. Well, yeah, not only says, that, it's 2020. You can't say shit like you look like a girl. Like it's yeah. a bad thing anymore. Yes. Like, that's coming from an old racist homophobe. You can't say that shit anymore. You're right. When he said that, it came across as like, um, that doesn't really work in today's wrestling world. Yeah, like, I can't believe that statement just came out of my mouth, but it's the truth. <laughs> and it's funny because I just, like, to me, and I didn't even think of it in that respect. I just thought it was like, that's just a piss poor promo. Like, it, it right. doesn't. Like just you said, do better. No, yeah, there's no believability. There's there's yeah. no sense of, of hate or dis- disdain or anger conflict it's just yeah. he could have just been e- just as easily been selling a pizza yeah no. right. come on it, down to Papa John's get yourself a big old stuffed crust <laughs> it, it's funny too you know you did hit one thing that Andy may not have seen that at first but you're right is here's a great example is this week when I was in bed sick I started just, I was bored one day and I started just putting in things into YouTube to watch. And I found a whole bunch of David Schultz interviews from <laughs> UWE and from, we have a winner. Um, <laughs> and from Stampede in the early 80s, right? And my God, those interviews could not be done today. No. The homophobic, the, the racist stuff he was saying would just not gel, you know? And when the way Shaq was talking, it made me feel like he was trying to be like one of those wrestlers from the eighties where you could say dumb things like, Oh, you look like a girl, you know, yeah. and the guy, I look like a girl. I'm going to punch him for calling me, you know, like it just doesn't really work like that. It doesn't translate anymore. And that was the problem I had with the Shaq thing. He didn't have any bone of credibility here. This guy's supposed to be an actor spokesman, all these things. Yeah. And he came across as a very awkward dude told to read a bad script. And yeah. And now let's flash forward over to Cody. Cody's mm-hmm. ready to get, because you know what? It's not AEW Dynamite if there's not 10 minutes of Cody's nonsense somewhere in the show. Surprisingly, not two and a half minutes of his entrance music this week. But uh, <sighs> so he's out there. And I, you know what? I love Arn Anderson, the wrestler. Do not give the mic to the man this, these days. Unless it's a sit down thing, he came off as pretty piss poor trying to talk and captivate a crowd at this, at this kind of show. I don't think worked very well. Uh, he brings out, he tries to tell the story of uh, 
Cody, you know, being born and stuff like this and his dad being there, which was so convoluted. I'm not sure how it really fit into what the point he was trying to get at. Like, did, did you guys get that question? What does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Because yeah. he tells a story, and it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, your dad uh, wrestled this match with Tully and did all this yeah. stuff, and then flew immediately. But you've got lots of time before your baby's born, and when this match is going to happen. Yeah. So why, why were you? I got stuck on how much do you pay for the private jet? <laughs> it, it's almost like Grandpa Simpson on The Simpsons going off on some random story with the kids all around him. We used to tie God, onion around like? our belt. Yeah, we used to tie onion around our belt, as was the fashion of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings out Red Velvet, and uh, at least it was promo. Yes, this yes. was the first very good Red yes. Velvet. Um, she used to come out. Have you seen her before, Duke? Any of her other stuff? Yes. Would she yeah. come out with that stupid uh, mixing the cake thing and whatever? And to, to, uh, to use a Shaq reference, gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you just ended our show, dude. We're being demonetized. No, uh, no such thing as bad press, fellas. <laughs> no, in this stage, there's lots of bad press. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. So she gave a pretty impassioned speech, and I just. Uh, They've wasted so much time to tell us about this match coming when we all knew it was the writing was on the wall for this, like how many weeks ago, you know? Um, it's like I it was mean, brought we, up and then forgotten. And then and, it's like, oh, wait, 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 wait we, we forgot we had Shaq. We had to do yeah, this thing with, with, with Shaq. It kind of felt <laughs> that's what exactly happened. And didn't they already announce last week that uh, Cargo's first big opponent was going to be Red Velvet? Okay. I was pretty sure they announced that two weeks ago. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest i never listen i watch the match and forward through everything else yeah i i believe it <laughs> I so i want to listen we get this horrible setup um and i guess it's going to be cody and uh red velvet against Shaq and cargill and i got to tell you guys i am so not excited about this whatsoever mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know how much of a schmoz this is. hey this might be a chance this to is gonna be match. dog shit yeah yeah. yeah, here's at least like when Carl Malone did wrestling or tried to do wrestling, yeah. him and Rodman were still reasonably, they could still move a little bit. They yeah. were still playing in the NBA finals. Yeah. yeah. Right? They were still like, in the midst of playing. Yes, and I just don't think Shaq's there. Like, he doesn't have the mobility. He's a monster, man. I mean, the guy's got to be, he's well over 300 pounds now. He was massive. Yeah, he's a monster for sure, and he's a huge star. But, I mean, Cargill, man, can she Ugh. carry Shaq? I don't know if she's ever wrestled before. Uh, I she don't think she's it. had a match yet. I, I am so glad we didn't hear from her this week. Oh my gosh, yes. That would have been the freaking nail in the coffin for me. <laughs> She'd come out and interfered or did anything in this. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, next, we had uh, Hangman Adam Page, who had, <laughs> um, who had the greatest... Uh, what would you call that? Uh, over his name as he came yeah. out. Uh, tagline or whatever. Tag, yeah. Yeah. It said it had listed under his thing, Adam Page, uh, accompanied by crippling emotional baggage. <laughs> and, right and we, we, should give, we should give credit to uh, our WPOV brother, Tony Diaz, for being yes. the one to point this out. Yes. Yes. And 
he, it was also uh, the, the site that I was um, getting the recaps from actually pointed it out oh, too, really? which surprised me too. So it's like, I didn't see that at all. No. Uh, then I don't actually read those little things. Like it, it seems kind of dumb. I mean, why would well, I even do that if I'm going to watch picture in picture, Ethan? Well, you know, but you, we, we really should because it often has the records there and those records are so important. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're hey, so important. Did you guys see the picture in picture every time they said they were going to picture today. in picture? No, I the TSN know. feed, TSN okay. has stopped doing the picture. They have, okay, because yeah. I have got a report just this week. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay, so we have Adam Page taking on, almost want to call him Ryan Ziegler, but it's a... Uh, <laughs> Ryan Nemeth, uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother, who uh, has been floating around in the independence for many years and has not gotten anywhere. But tonight he gets a match with Adam Page. Uh, I'm going to say that I wanted to see how much this guy was going to look like his brother or would he wrestle in the same caliber. And I'm going to say that I found like he could have been anybody in there. Uh, there was nothing spectacular or standout, even in his looks. Uh, it seemed he jumped into holds quite a bit. I noticed that every time he would jump into a move that uh, Adam Page could like slam him down or nail him with. Uh, he just wasn't a very exciting, interesting guy in my opinions, but maybe I'm wrong. Am I missing something, Andy? I didn't mind it. Uh, you know, earlier we talked about the the fact that Brian Pillman Jr. can carry the, the Pillman Jr. or the Pillman name and that can mm -hmm. help him out. Uh, I think with this, maybe, you know what, to some degree, I think you're right. Uh, if it was just judging as any other normal guy, you're probably right. The fact, uh, you know, that we know he, he's had some WWE experience. The fact that he's Dolph Ziggler's brother, uh, JR very subtly touched on it, talking about how, you know, the wrestling kind of being in the DNA Mm -hmm. um, I didn't mind it though. I th I thought he looked all right. Uh, I don't. Having said that, yeah. Did he did he stand out? Is that something like oh we should feature him more prominently? Not necessarily. But uh, for for what it was, it uh, yeah. I had a good match and a good showing by by both guys. Yeah. My only problem was uh, he could disappear, and I don't think we'd ever ask what happened to that yeah. dude. Yeah. You know. Unlike we've seen guys who come on and we're like, oh, that guy was kind of cool. I hope I see him again. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, uh, Elio? Uh, for me, um, yeah, it's like you said, uh, this could be the only time we see him. And then uh, next week, where's that guy that we saw this week? Okay. Duke, did this guy, this match uh, do anything for you? Um, you know what? I mean, I like Hangman Page. Um mm -hmm. Nemeth, to me, what I got written down is that I thought he looked to touch green, but overall pretty smooth. And again, somebody I think that, you know, given some decent creative, some decent writing and some decent guys to work with, there could definitely be something there. Um, but I always question, you know, is this the place to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, do they send them down to dark? You know, do they say, OK, go work, you know, go try and work MLW, go work in Puerto Rico or Mexico for a while? Because he's, he's got, he has the tools. He mm -hmm. just needs to figure out how to put it all together and soak every little bit he can out of his charisma. Yeah, he's got a great size. He has a yeah, look you could probably looks... work with. Yeah. Um, he definitely, oh, though, sorry. Did I mention I hate apron bumps? Because there was an apron bump in this match. Yes. Too. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, like I said, it's he obviously knew his role for tonight and he played yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
Um, for me at first, like I said, part of me was wondering, are they going to give this guy a little bit of a shine because of who he is, make us want to see him more? Uh, so I was expecting a little more. Uh, but what I did notice is he makes a good opponent who loses because he he had the perfect timing. He would constantly jump into moves that uh, Paige could parlay into a spectacular finish, you know, uh, you know including like spine busters and things. If you watched, he gingerly that moved spine himself. Buffer was the, that spine yes. buster was the shits. Did you see how he jumped right into it so gingerly? Like, Yeah, the timing was garbage. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was... That, I dry heaved on that one. <laughs> All right. So I literally uh, seen him leave the mat, and I was just like, oh, Jesus. Hells. Now, Come to on. make – in my mind, I'm thinking – Okay, this is pretty lame to begin with, this whole thing. This match really doesn't have anything going for it. How could we make it lamer? Why don't we use Matt Hardy? <laughs> so Matt Hardy comes out. Now he's Big yeah. Matt Money. Big Matt, Big Money Matt? Is that what he's big calling Big Money Matt. Big Money Matt, who's uh, now a big manager and comes out to scout them. And this just whole, it just like, it seemed like such a waste of time. You got nothing even out of the little interview they had with them at the end. I mean, I don't Paige know. doesn't need this. No. The Matt, the Matt Hardy thing they're doing is what you do with, you know, an Orange Cassidy, um, you know, mm-hmm. who he's doing it with, with those other, sorry, the name's just escaping. Uh, what are those guys? guys? Private Party. There oh, you private go. Party. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that taking 30% of their gimmick yeah. is, that, that shit to me is absolutely hilarious. But that's not something Hangman Page needs, right? No. Hangman Page already over. He doesn't need that rub. Yeah. So he's already got crippling emotional baggage. Yes. What is the last thing he needs is Matt Hardy taking thirty percent of his pay. Yeah. No, of his crippling baggage. Anyways, (laughs) when I'm watching this at first, I'm like, okay, are they doing this to help Paige? But then I was like, in my head, is like, they're actually just probably doing this to give Matt something to do this week. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't think it has anything uh, worth value in there. Unless, Uh, unless a spitball thing here is. You know, you had the Dark Order kind of come after him. Now you kind of have Matt Hardy come after him. Maybe he becomes like a hot free agent of sorts. Maybe if the Dark Order had a creepily offered their dressing room to him. <laughs> I've got a big dressing room. Yeah, it's a white van. Yeah, I have candy. Was, yeah. <laughs> I hate that, that was, awkward uh, moment when you get in the van and there is no fucking candy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, How many times can you fall for that? Oh, you guys, oh. you guys got to at least see them candy before you get in. Come really? On. Why do I think it's been at least a dozen times I've fallen? <laughs> All right, um, just love candy too much. Um, <laughs> okay, next we get to a little recap of uh, of uh, last week where uh, FTR and Tully Blanchard around. Uh, Jurassic Express comes in. Uh, Jungle Boy demands a match with Dax Harwood. And then we're off to this match. They explain to us that Luchasaurus will be handcuffed to Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard to keep them out of there. All right. The so why didn't they just, hoodlums. No yeah, hoodlums. Why, why didn't they just beat the shit out of him in the start? <laughs> yeah. Makes too much sense. Logic. Yeah. Sorry. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> and then Marco Stunt, our, everyone's favorite little midget, gets uh, sent to the back because he's all bandaged up now. Um this has got to be the most important question I'm going to ask for you guys right now, okay? This is the important question of this entire show. When Jungle Boy came out and you guys heard Tarzan Boy playing as his entrance music, do you guys think that Tony Khan made a great investment spending that thousands and thousands of dollars to get the, the, the rights to use that official song? Yes. 
because he did. Yep. I got to say, I was converted too because people kept singing that goddamn song yep. the entire. It's, it's going to push out uh, Judas is the number one song the fans sing. I hope yeah. so. I'd rather see that money spent than the money on Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. And But once again, we're in this weird vacuum because the people singing along are once again AEW dark wannabes that are just wrestlers. Well, no, don't so, forget they've got fans in the audience. They've got yeah, some, but it's it's but, not a lot. No, man, people, the sheeple will sing along with that so much. I hope yep, they do. Right? It'll be very interesting to see when the yeah, crowds come in. That'll be like the ole, ole, ole in Montreal. Seriously, yep. man. I think it'd be, unfortunately, so. the time. If, they, mm-hmm. if that thing had just came out with a packed arena, the fans would go mental. Yep. All right. So here's my big confession, my AEW confession for the week, okay? This almost sounds like it could be like its own little segment, AEW confession. Yeah. Sounds like you're going to wish you're going to wish Hardy offered you his locker room. I kind of <laughs> do. If there was candy in a van. Anyways, um <laughs> No, my confession is this is going into tonight's match, I've always not seen Jungle Boy as much as a lot of people have talked about. Everywhere says, oh, Jungle Boy is going to be the breakout star. Oh, Jungle Boy's got so much potential. And all I can think about is, okay, here's a dude who isn't the tallest dude in the world. He's not the greatest speaker. He's got a stupid name like uh, Jungle Boy. So he's going to become Jungle Man in five years. I don't know. Is he going to be 60 years old and still Jungle Boy? Um, Things like that made it hard for me to take him serious. So this to me was a test. He's going in against a guy who's a, he may be a tag team specialist, but this guy's trained in the WWE. He knows how to wrestle. This to me was the, in my mind is, is, is jungle boy going to be exposed as he really should be just in a tag team or that he has a potential for the breakout star thing. And I got to say, guys, he won me over tonight. I was very impressed with jungle boy. And I thought, wow, okay, this guy does, he has a lot more upward mobility than Luchasaurus or Marco Stunt, and I'm kind of waiting for the day he gets away from this team because I think there's a lot going on here. Anyone want to talk about this match? I've got stuff to say, but Duke, you go first if you want. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, you might. I'm up. not going to poke it. I, all okay. I'm going to say is I enjoyed the match. I'm not going to take anything apart. You guys go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, no, and I I, um, I don't know that I was as much of a disbeliever. Maybe I was just – a little indifferent. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't say I hated him. I just Jurassic wasn't yeah. sure what was going on here. Uh, and and you guys know from from our uh, private WPOV chat, I thought this was one of the best matches that has ever appeared on AEW Dynamite. I thought they worked well together. I thought the, they told a story. The timing was good. The believability was good. Um, you know, you talk about Dax Harwood. I. I think didn't he also train with Edge before Edge made his comeback last year in the Rumble? I know one of the one of those guys did. One of them or both of them did. Okay. If you go back and whatever, like the uh, uh, whatever it was the WWE Chronicle or whatever story that they had, uh, kind of showing the story of of Edge prior to coming to the Rumble, I think it was like either one or both of them that were uh, that were working with him. I think they, 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 you know, being in North Carolina, but um, I, I, I loved it. This, this match had me engaged. It, I was, you know, it had me curious to see who was going to win. Uh, I, I kind of felt like a fan, you know, like, like Duke says earlier, and I think anybody that's been in the business, especially for an extended period of time, um, 
it was one of the things I don't know if Duke if it was ever said to you or just kind of came about but it was one of the things that was said to me when I first broke into the business it's kind of like once you get involved with the business once you start to learn the business you will never watch a wrestling match the same way as you did before so like as, as a fan would watch it you know and people can watch all they want and you know hours and hours of tapes until you've been in the ring until you've put that time in it, it's it's not the same there was somebody recently uh, i think it was frank mir based because they just uh ufc there was the oh. conor mcgregor fight and he was saying you know you've got uh the, the warriors that stand across the battlefield, they see an enemy. You've got someone that's like on a, like a boxing or wrestling and they see the opponent. But for so many of the people nowadays that comment on things, it's like they stare across and they see the screen, the TV screen, and they're yeah. watching and they're critiquing and it's not the same. And watching this, I felt kind of like a part of a fan of me coming out, but then also having been, having being in the business uh, it was just, to me, it was just the right combination of everything. And I think it speaks volumes to Jungle Boy. It speaks volumes to Dax Harwood. Uh, you know, when the crowd started doing the This Is Awesome chant, there's a lot of times those chants come out. It's just, you know, comes out because of a cool move or two. It was well-earned here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, just a solid back-and-forth match. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Okay, I know for me, like I said, with with Jungle Boy, um, I remember when AEW first started, and we were getting gearing up, me and Elio, to start covering these shows, and they talked about some of the people they signed, and they said they signed Jungle Boy, and I'm like, who the hell is Jungle Boy? Sounded like the most indie riffic name, you know, out there. Um, then you find out who he is, and for me, that was also a handicap. You know, here's a guy who's a very fa- his father is a super famous actor. And uh, but he has nothing to do with wrestling. So how do you translate that over? That impresses me because yeah. he does not have to eat shit wrestling on the indies, but he did. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And and you know, and then there was that whole thing. Well, okay, he he's got this big name, but it has nothing to do with wrestling. So, but they also also didn't really push it. You know what I mean? Nope. And uh, so in the end, I was like I said, this was his coming out party for me of where I like, okay, this guy is a legit wrestler and I want to see more of him now, you know, Uh, up until then I kept thinking, okay, you know, he was for a long time until we started just seeing the crumbly parts of what uh, Luchasaurus really is. um, I kept thinking, well, Luchasaurus is this big guy and, you know, he's just teamed up with this dude with the big name and, you know, and maybe he'll break out. And then we saw Luchas, all the holes in Luchasaurus. Uh, I, I want to see Jungle Boy. I want to see more of him wrestling and a consistent thing. And I want to see some growth in him. So, yeah. Uh, next, I wanted to, we move on to the next match, which I think is really interesting because, you know, we've been saying this for quite a while about how, oh, sorry, Andy. How could you miss mm-hmm. the amazing Team Taz promo? Because there's, because <laughs> oh. it's Team Taz every week. Come on, it's Team Taz. Who okay. wouldn't be scared? Mm-hmm. Of five guys who could beat up the guys at the merch table. The that random, random merch table. Yeah, just some merch table, middle of the parking lot. Yeah. Beat the shit out of two guys. I'm frightened. I don't know about you fellas, but hey. I do you know. You can beat up the merch guy. I've gone to many WWE shows and I've never seen a merch table sitting out in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere 
<laughs> with no customers around but four or five guys manning t-shirts if it, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the the trailer behind it yeah it almost feels like it would be like this is like like the bootleg merch merch table yeah. you know like and a block a flea market away. down the street yeah. maybe they're selling merch to the boys like on the way out <laughs> okay the one thing i'm gonna give this is they obviously used some wrestlers because usually well, usually when you have these things where wrestlers attack a fan, yeah, it's always awkward and it always looks so staged, poorly done. Yeah, but they hucked these dudes around like they on were the really throwing people yeah. around on concrete. Yeah, that that concrete and that bike rack bump, those looked uncomfortable. Yes. And finally, we got to see Taz's kid do something more than sneer. Yeah, he was the one who did the big, massive looking huck there. So. Well, he I don't threw know. a punch. He slammed the guy's head into the the table. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, things like this always make me cringe in the fact of how played out and ridiculous it seems. You know, like it was like the the saddest looking merch table ever in the middle of somewhere that was unbelievable. Um, would this work better if it had been a real merch table? I mean, at least WWE does that sometimes, right? They have a fight by the concession stand. At least it's a real concession stand. You yeah. can't just go beating up randos in the parking lot. Like if I'm, a, <laughs> if I'm a trained fighter, and you and let's say let's pretend for a second that Andy Anderson and I were professional wrestlers, and we were going to get. In, I like that. Let's, let's, pretend. <laughs> let's just pretend, just for argument's sake. Andy Anderson, Duke Drangler, are professional wrestlers, and we don't like each other. We don't get along. Maybe we're the alliteration brothers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but wait, and we're then, opponents. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then I see Andy walking through the arena, and there's a guy in a wheelchair selling t shirts, and Andy beats the shit out of the guy. Do you think I'm more afraid or less afraid of Andy at that point? How big was that like, wheelchair? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, 26 inch wheels. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, what is this horse shit you're feeding your people? It's like, at least have them go beat up somebody in a locker room. Well, right? Like, that's. You make a good point, Duke, because if they have not taken Taz's uh, group and made these guys look like the most pathetic group of losers, a bunch of jacked up big men who can't win against a skinny little skateboarding turtle boy, well, how do we make them look worse? Oh, they can just beat up some poor randos selling t-shirts. I mean, I don't know how Taz, like, I know some people don't like Taz, but they have really... Just start (laughs) fucking people up in the food fair. (laughs) There's, There's no masks on. Yeah. <laughs> Terrorizing them all. Yeah. I, I mean, and at least, again, I saw it. Like, and one of the first things, because I mean, you know, they had the Darby Allen shirts. They yeah. There was the Sting shirts. But there was also a nice AEW scarf. And I saw that. And then as this is progressing, I'm like, man, like, somebody steal the scarf. Like, at least be a heel. Yeah. Be a jerk. At least choke steal. somebody. Well, not even, not even, not even choke somebody. Steal it. Be a jerk. Steal a damn scarf. No, can't even do that. It would have been really funny if they stole the Sting shirts and wore them. What Andy just Andy just said lends me to something I wrote about actually the, the Young Bucks match and also ties into the Harwood Jungle Boy match. And when Andy was saying that they were getting oh, this is awesome chance because they were laying down a really, really good wrestling match. And then you watch the Young Bucks match, and they'll get those chants, but for completely different reasons. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I think when you have these guys just beating up random people, 
it's not awesome. It's bullshit. Like it's at least those other guys, like they're getting pops for being awesome. But the thing is, this isn't necessarily my own thought. I think I might've heard Conan say this. The promotions don't want these guys to get heat. They want pops. They want the, this is awesome. So like to Andy's point, when he steals that scarf, when he becomes a heel, well, now he's going to get heat. And that seems like that's the opposite of what they want now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, go. He's that bad of a guy. Yeah, but then he's that bad of a guy, so that when he gets his ass kicked and handed to him, that pop they want is going to be so much more and so much more genuine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Now, I was moving on to uh, what I was going to say is we have had complaints over the last year about how poor the women's division is in AEW. but I think we have to really stop and start to reassess that a bit and say that maybe it's starting to develop now because yep. there seems to be a lot of there very good one. women wrestlers that are coming out in the last couple of weeks. You know, um, I cringed a bit when I saw that the only women's match this week, because you guys all know I'm a women's wrestling fan. When I saw it was Britt Baker, my first thought was, okay, she's a fun heel, but wrestling matches never seem to be that great for her. Then I saw it was with Shanna who I've enjoyed very much in the past and lots of independent stuff. She's a 15 year veteran who really knows her stuff. So I thought, really? yep, she's been wrestling for 15 years across uh, Europe and, and uh, North America. And uh, so I was thinking, well, maybe there's some potential here. And this actually, you know what? It was an actually pretty solid match for Britt Baker, which surprised me. Um, I thought maybe Shanna might overdo her, but instead Shanna really took it an opportunity to make Britt look good. You know, she did it without making herself look weak. Um, Tony's always very quick to point all the fuck-ups you see in women's wrestling matches on AEW. I didn't see too many of them. Uh, I saw a few that Britt did, but she covered it. She recovered quickly or, you know, like her curb stomps. I don't know if you guys noticed she slipped up on both times trying to do them, but then she'd do something. She'd lean forward and whisper and and make it look like she did it purposely so that she could reset and do it. Um, the only weird thing in this whole match for me was the very first time Shanna ran across the ring to give that uh, sliding drop kick. And it took so long to happen that you could literally see them nowhere near by the time she even launched into her drop kick. And then the announcers tried to tell us, Oh, rebel pulled her out of the way. Like, she was nowhere near. That's, that's the, that's the Bob Euchre from major league. Just yeah, just outside. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Awesome, yes. awesome. Oh, ball four, ball yeah. eight, ball 12. <laughs> I don't know how guys are laying off pitches this close. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, a good shine for Britt Baker here. You know, yeah. I think she really needs a She needs a few people like Shanna who aren't going to be your main event girls, but are going to give her chances to wrestle and look better. And she did, you know, like she can sometimes look a little weak and hesitant there. She looked good. And boy, did she ever play the heel today? The whole glove thing, the attack after. And uh, boy, they should be glad Thunder Rosa does not run very fast because, man, (laughs) they sure seem to run away from Thunder Rosa all five feet of her every single time she comes up there. (laughs) Andy, what do you think of this match? Uh Another good match overall. It's uh, I I know nothing about Shanna, so that was my first time seeing her. Okay. And when you said that uh, 15 year veteran, so that makes a little more sense because uh, you know I thought she looked pretty good. Her timing was pretty good. Uh, she had a 
pretty good look it was with the color just everything it was mm-hmm. um i don't know maybe maybe my tea was was a little you know the positivity today i don't know but uh it good match overall good timing and, and yeah like i i think we've been saying that the past few weeks that the uh women's division matches are, are getting better because before it seemed like you know we get announcement for this match not this match but a women's match and it'd be like uh like you yeah. know we're gonna have to sit through this and yeah it's 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 improving and i'm mm-hmm. i'm happy to see that i'm glad to see that and uh i hope that it's going to continue to to grow and do more for for uh for Sheeta and for i forget her name now i've already lost her name um Britt baker champ. no not Britt baker do you know who Britt is baker, the champ man? Uh, yeah, the NWA champ. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serena Deeb. Deeb, yes. Yeah, Serena Deeb. So that's that's good. It's a, you know, it's a it's a positive upward trend for AEW women's wrestling. I'm happy to see it. Well, this is you know when the women's division here really took a hit because of uh, obviously because of COVID. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, they had people like Shanna and a few other names who were international stars that they kept bringing in, but then because of COVID. They had, didn't have any contact with these girls, you know. Uh, and then, you know, of course, we had uh, what was the gun who got injured? She was like Chris really on Statlander. Statlander. Statlander was on a trajectory to be big, and then she injured herself, and she still has yet to return. So, you know, and then there's been a lot of um, criticism because, of course, the women's division is booked and coordinated by Kenny Omega, you know. And uh, you know, in the beginning, it seemed uh, his girlfriend Riho was the one getting all the booking. And that yeah. became a thing. So now that things are starting to open up a little bit for travel-wise and stuff, it's good to see some of these women wrestlers back. And I think there have been a few people. Britt Baker, a year ago, she was not that good at all. She looked great, but her wrestling was piss poor. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah. We've seen, uh, who knows what they're going to do with Abaddon, but there's somebody that they're slowly developing there. Um you know, we have Layla Hirsch and a few of these girls. Did you catch the been... uh, first match that uh, they announced for the Eliminator tournament? No. Uh, yes, so, Serena yes. Deeb and Rio. And uh, Rio yeah, was back. Uh, and th- what do you guys think about that? Because they haven't really said it, but with this women's tournament, there is an American side and a Japanese side. So are they going to do show us matches from stardom, maybe? Are they going to show us a bunch of women Japanese? Because... I mean, Riho, you would think would be in the Japanese side, but they have her announced with her and Serena Deeb in round one in the American side. So they haven't laid anything out, but this could be interesting. We could be seeing some stardom wrestlers coming in. I don't know. Or will I, we even see them there? Will they be matches coming from Japan? It's pretty hard to bring in Japanese wrestlers right yeah, now. Yeah, I can see that. One thing I'd like to bring up, just because we're talking about the AEW women's division, yes. and I've said this in the past, and because you mentioned her name, mm-hmm. um, Abaddon. Yes. What WWE has been doing with Alexa Bliss, this is where the type of thing that AEW should be taking notes. Because we talk about production, we talk about booking. Everything that we've discussed with Abaddon and how we've kind of felt that AEW missed the boat, Mm -hmm. if they could do a fraction of what WWE is doing with Alexa Bliss, they would have a winner with Abaddon. Yeah, they really messed it up with Abaddon. I mean... Even though I wasn't the biggest fan, they could have really developed her story, her presence, her things. But instead, they threw her away against Sheeta, right, like yeah. boom, and Sheeta lays her out and wasted. defeats her. So, yeah, yeah, wasted potential. And I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Abaddon. She's still floating around Dark. She was scheduled this week for Dark. So, 
thing with her is you don't even have to do Alexa Bliss to sort of you do a full on the fiend gimmick with her, right? Yeah, she's absolutely. Cre- she's absolutely. creepy as hell, man. Yeah, yeah. That's- See, the problem we had, Duke, is they could have developed her, have her squ- squash a bunch of people, make her look like a, a legitimate danger, a monster rising up, but instead she beat one girl on. Uh, uh, dynamite, and then they threw her in against the world champion who laid her out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that, anyway, I, anyway. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. It's just that just what <laughs> Trust a horrible... me, we, We've probably talked about yeah. it because it's yeah. just poor, we're just poorly handled. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, that's what... and I'm always one to say, you know, I may not have been an Abaddon fan really, but I really think you could have done a lot with her. Absolutely. You know? Well, when you have so many, and and this is where AEW, I think, is going to struggle a little bit in the short term, they have a lot of generic people. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You know, generic wrestler A looks just like generic wrestler B looks just, you know, and then they put them into Mm -hmm. some factions with somebody that has has a real good look or a real charisma. And then they end up kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Do you know what I mean? And then you have somebody like Avin Abaddon. Who once I seen her I actually watched some of her independent stuff. She she does some really neat stuff. Um, so to me, it's when you've got somebody with a personality and actual well thought out character that's already somewhat established. Yeah. Don't shit the bed on that. Run with that, right? Yeah. To me, that's the same thing as like, why would Samoa Joe have to convince the WWE to use the name Samoa Joe? Are you a moron? It's right there. Right. And to me, it's a gimmick like hers. It's like, come on, boys, this shit writes itself. Like, it couldn't be any easier to make this chick, you know, um, a serial killer. It's so easy. And then get her, turn her into a heel. I hate to say it, draw some heat with her and put some asses in the seats. That girl could sell a lot of t shirts, man. There's a big, weird Marilyn Manson goth culture out there that would eat that shit up. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I guess uh, anyone else want to throw anything in about the Shayna Britt Baker match? I had something. Sure. Yeah, I really. Here's the thing. I really like. They did some really cool that arm ringer spot with the handspring at the beginning. Love mm-hmm. seeing that. I don't care whether it's men or women. It always reminds me of Owen. Um, yeah. I thought that the match overall was really good. At the end, I liked when they were doing. You know, um, Baker was rolling Shanna around a little bit. She's kind yes. of arm lock here. You know, if she could slow that down a bit, smooth it out so the fans can digest it, I think she really had some really cool shit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is Thunder Rosa reminds me of the restaurant Ponderosa, and that made me hungry. Mm. I miss so, I miss Ponderosa. Right? Ponderosa. I, that was good. Yeah. Who doesn't need a good buffet, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That was if I wasn't going to bed without getting that one in. That Ponderosa. Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Finally, now we're going to move on to the main event of the evening. Um, we start off with this little kind of thing backstage where the good brothers, who, man, are they massive compared to the young bucks who look like little children in there. Um, and then in comes Don Callis with this ridiculous, giant, fake-looking thing on the side of his face. Um, it, it, it's just like somebody said, watch the young bucks when they try to do acting, how bad it is. And watching Matt trying to like that's fake and doing this stuff was just <laughs> yes, Andy, you're gonna have a conniption. Go on. Because you've missed something else. <laughs> are you going back to the are you going back to the, the MJF and program? Sammy? Yeah, can Sammy can can they give Sammy Guerba a raise so he can get rid of that fucking thrift shop t shirt he's wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I this 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 inner circle stuff just keeps going on, but go on, yes. I <laughs> 
<laughs> were you on a roll there, Duke? Do you got anything else to add to that one, or was it just the shirt? No, that was just the shirt. <laughs> That's just the shirt. Um, I, you know what? I, I find it amusing because, you know, like you guys know, I get a kick out of MGF. Yeah. I get a kick out of Sammy Guevara. And I think because I need to get this in, much like Duke needed to get in the Ponderosa comment, or the comparison. Okay. In that time, and I actually rewound a little bit because I was behind because I PVR'd, I played it again, and I challenge you guys, I challenge our loyal listeners, viewers, whoever pays attention to this show, if you haven't already heard it, and this, at least in this promo specifically, in this segment specifically, Sammy Guevara sounds like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. I have to listen to that. <laughs> I'm actually go back and head. listen and, and just and I mean just the way he was the way I don't know if it was the way he was talking his voice Steve Buscemi yeah it's his his tone yes there's just yeah, something in the way he speaks that. yes please please do if you think I'm I'm off keel please write in and say so but I, I'm I'm sure that there's gonna be people that you know there might be three people that are gonna write in and be like no Andy was right he sounds like Steve Buscemi that's hilarious. And before you on, uh, I went back to watch. Uh, I watched it last week. So I went back. Semi Hero did, did say kick button the game. It, it did say kick button. He, the did, game. he did say it, yeah. Yeah, Sammy Hagar. There you go. It's a good, it's a good game that wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now we can go back to uh, join the in brothers. progress. The Good Brothers and the Young Bucks with Don Callis getting some incredible bandage <laughs> on the side of his head. Back to you, TJ. Uh, watching Matt trying to pull it off, it's it just came off as so goofy. Like, none of that felt real at all. Like, there was any real tension. It felt like some high school kids doing, like, a play in the back. I, I just indie rific. indie rific. indie rific. indie I so they, drama class really. Yeah. So, okay, let's get to the match. Um, match starts off. We have, uh, I don't think the dark, the dark order is ever going to be bad guys, guys. <laughs> it looks like they're entrenched in to be uh, good guys for the rest of this. Um, I just don't, you know, I know the other guys who are WPOV think it's going to happen. It's, it's not, I just don't see them. They really set themselves up as good guys here. Uh, it's, well, it's impressive. Sorry. The thing is, after the Brody Lee stuff, it's hard for them to be heels. The fans yeah. are going to embrace them anyways. I mean, I they could have... No, sorry, I, sorry. I think there needs to be a passing of time and a good amount of time. And I, and I think maybe it'll come to a point, hopefully there'll be fans in the stands to kind of do that. My comparison, and I, I hope, I, like, I feel justified that I can do it because of the seriousness of the nature. It's similar to Roman Reigns. Because Roman was kind of hit and miss, and you know, kind of people were kind of getting on him, getting on him, and then the whole cancer thing came out. He, you know, he goes away, he recovers, he comes back. No one's going to boo Roman yeah. when you're going through that. So, you know, and maybe it helped the fact that there wasn't fans in the stands to kind of make him turn heel. Yeah. But you know, eventually <laughs> would come along, but some time would have to pass. That kind of that the you know, the honeymoon kind of phase had to, to wear off. And right. I think if anything, that's what has to happen with the dark order is especially when there's not a lot of fans, they're going to be faces. Yeah. Give it time. They have sympathy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and until that kind of wears off, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath. I think, I think there'll be dissension in the inner circle. 
before, uh, or sorry, there'll be a breakup of the inner circle before we see the uh, Dark Order turn heel. And I mean, I'm being sarcastic here, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, we get this match. Uh, the, the who is it? Uh, Silver. Uh, who's Reynolds. the little guy you like? Ren- so, yeah, Reynolds. John Silver. Grayson uh, and Uno. And you yeah. know. Okay. So I gotta say, like, um, there are parts of this match I really liked. Um, and I really got a really good kick out of the uh, Dark Order. Yeah. Um, I thought they were firing on all cylinders tonight. They were uh, fun. Even the Good Brothers uh, came across as uh, pretty interesting to me. Um, I had problems with the Young Bucks tonight in some of the no. stuff they do. Um, okay. well, have I mentioned I fucking hate apron bumps? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> do you want to mention that one? We need at pro wrestling tees.com uh, backslash wrestling WPOV. We need to get Duke a shirt that has like the apron bump with like the, 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 the no apron bump shirt. <laughs> or you can play the WPOV drinking game every time I say I hate ap- apron bumps, you drink. Now, the things that killed me about the Young Bucks is the fact is wow, how dumb is it to put these two guys who, what are they, must be about maybe five foot seven, five foot eight each? In there with Doc Gallows, who's like six foot eight, Carl uh, Anderson, who's six foot two, uh, who look like big jacked wrestlers next to these two tiny little dudes, who then when one of them comes in, his gimmick right now is he's Superman or the Hulk or something because he's like double suplexing people and he's like power yeah. unbelievable, you know. Um, <laughs> it just looks so. Duke's, Duke's pointing to the book quicker than There's like Arn Anderson's pointing game plan there's a note <laughs> okay we'll, we'll get there so uh there, there's also things I, I this part always just kills me in tag team wrestling okay we're told that guys i mean the whole idea behind tag team wrestling right is your two guys who's setting up your thing especially when you get on the roll you get everything boom 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 and then you set up the thing and you get your partner and uh your job now is is to keep the other guy out of the ring right uh there was literally a time in there where all four of the bad guys were beating the crap out of, uh, of Stu Grayson. And uh, they all like do a gazillion moves. They, they all four of them super kick him in the face. They do all this stuff. They all walk away. Three of them walk away. One lays on him to the point that fat old uh, Uno manages to get into the ring, gingerly walk by one of them and break up the pen. Do you mean the dim <laughs> from Pulp Fiction? Yes. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> um wow <laughs> they're, they're, and the last thing i'm going to touch on is i don't get this i do not think it looks cool i i think it, when you really look at it it's like maybe the most homoerotic move ever uh but the Meltzer driver where the guy does a backflip and gingerly holds your ass cheeks down while his part his his brother pile drives you seems like the creepiest weirdest move that would add nothing to that move if that was a thing so, uh, guys, what did you guys think of this? Match? Duke, Duke, please go. Please go. Um, well, I did have a nice thing to say that one of the Bucks looked, almost looked like he worked out one time. <laughs> one, of them, one of them looked like he might be hit, hit the gym that day. Um, when there was, This was a really exciting match. Like, I don't want to just piss on it because it's, it's different from what I can do. Um, <laughs> you know, but no, there was a lot going on. This was a really, really exciting match. Um, for me, some of it gets lost because they do so much that the finish doesn't actually mean anything. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you say, when four guys super kick a guy in the head and then don't stand there to prevent the other guys from breaking up the pin, it's just terrible psychology. And I do have a hard time with that sometimes. Having said that, sometimes you just have to accept it for what it is. You know what I mean? Um, um, But I just think there was a little too much stuff going on. Um, Like I say, you know, when that little Jackson boy there is throwing out suplexing two guys at the same time, um, that hurts my delicate sensibilities a little bit. Um, overall, you're, you're, being, you're being an old flake there. Not a snowflake. You're being an old flake. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, having said that, I thought Stu Grayson was a really bright spot in this match. I thought he did a hell of a hot comeback. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely some bright spots. I mean, just because I think the Bucks are the shits. Um, I think, every it, you know, this match was really solid. It was really exciting. I don't want to mm-hmm. get lost on the negative aspects that I'm thinking of. I enjoyed it. Like Andy said, it drew me in as a fan. Kind of, you know, you're sitting there. Even I'm almost thinking, like, holy shit. You know, because they, they did some really cool stuff in that match. Now, you, you referred to uh, Uno as uh, the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Uh, does he impress you at all, or does he just look maybe – that that's been some of the contention some people have had about Dark Order is how kind of piss-poor athletic he looks. Well, I mean, the gimmick doesn't help, right? Because it kind of, when you put a fat guy in patent leather, it never helps, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to, when you're going to put a gimmick on a guy, you know, A, dress body appropriate is what I would tell anybody for starters. You won't mm-hmm. see Duke Durango running around a pair of fucking trunks anytime soon. Um, <laughs> so, and I think that's important. But also, I mean, these guys are athletic anyways. And it's easy for a fan, like you say, this is where Andy goes back and we're talking about the, the Frank Muir thing. It's easy for a fan to look and say, oh, that guy's a sloth or he's this, he's that, and the other thing. But the fact is, a guy the size of him that can move the way he does, yeah. pretty damn athletic guy, you know? And again, if, until you've tried wrestling in latex, man, that guy's wrestling in a sauna. Like, after 10 minutes, he yeah. probably lost 15 pounds and is ready to barf, right? Mm. Like, it's you got to kind of consider that stuff, too. Okay. Um, not Just to give you ideas of how annoyed I am at the Young Bucks, my favorite part in this entire match was when uh, Nick Jackson went to run up the rope to do his usual, like, you know, he'll point and run up the rope and do something. He runs up the rope and Grayson kicked him right in the face <laughs> as he got to the top. It's like, why doesn't anyone ever do that? That's all they had to do. He ran up and booted him in the face as he was. After yeah. hours of studying tape, they finally figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Where's our opening? Yeah. Now, if we could just avoid that double suplex from that massive hulk of a yeah. Oh, brother, Andy, what did you think of this match? Uh, I enjoyed it overall. Uh, I think right from the get-go, for me, just with my mindset, a lot of you know, once you get past the the you know, the six men, but once you get into like eight man and, and ten man tags, to mm-hmm. me, all it is is going to be lots of high spot, lots of excitement, lots of going on. It's tough with that many competitors to be like, okay, well, now we're going to settle down and get heat on some guy. Just yeah. because okay. just the, the nature of it, the logistics of it, doesn't really work. So it, it, well, especially it's, if you're working a 15 minute match. Exactly, and the, yeah, a 15 minute television television match on top of that. Yeah, if you so go it, 50 it, minutes, it's different. Yeah, yeah. so it, 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 the, the boom, boom, boom of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and I'm gonna throw out all the the the, the size stuff and everything else. Mm-hmm. It was it was just a fun match. Maybe I was you know running a running a high here because I was enjoying the whole show. Your positivity. Uh, the, my positivity for those that could see that I was drinking some tea this evening. Um, I, my, my man, John Silver looked good. Yeah. You know, he was good off the get go there at the, the exchange with Luke Gallows. 
with Luke coming down to his size, that was perfect. You know, Luke being a jerk, Johnny doing his thing. I mean, when he had a chance to shine, he shone. Duke mentioned uh, Alex Reynolds looked good. Stu Grace, they all look good. It, mm-hmm. it just it, it was a, it was a good fun match. Uh, I will address the the questionable psychology with the quadruple super kick. I see my my initial reaction to seeing that with them walking away is the we don't have to do anything because we got this in the bag. Fair enough. That, that that's, that's the, the smart. Yeah, the yeah, kind of smarmy. Smart. Yeah, you know, like to me, it almost be like if it was baby faces walking away, mm-hmm. that would be a, a you know a WTF thing for me. Yeah. But four heels kind of walking away, it's like boom. We got this. That's that's like Duke and I are working as a tag team. We do something underhanded. I turn around thinking Duke's got the pin. Meanwhile, the other guy, the other partner comes in, reverses the roll up one, two, three. You turn around going, yeah, the hell we had it in the bag. So yeah. that's that's where I'll let that slide. Otherwise, you know what you guys mm-hmm. say, say makes sense. Uh, to me, I thought the Dark Order had a chance, okay. which I loved because in the end, like, you know, once you kind of put on your promoter hat, whatever, it's like, well, no, you've got two sets of tag team champions. Nobody's losing. Yeah. But but that's that's how good this match to me was put together that, you know, kind of it's like you saying, watching Nick Bockwinkle and Kurt Henning going, OK, yeah. I, you know, I've seen this match 100 times, even though I know it ends in a draw. I still think Kurt Henning's going to win. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of was like, OK, this is it because because it's the dark order and because mm-hmm. of what's going on. Oh, maybe there'll be some dissension with these guys that. Maybe something will happen. Now, speaking of which, did you guys catch the subtleties that they kept showing you of how something would happen and the young bucks weren't the nefarious ones during the, the matches? Did you guys catch that? They kept pointing it out like there would be a time where, say, like uh, Gallows would reach over and slap someone and jump off the apron. And then when the you know Reynolds would turn around, he, he'd attack one of the young bucks, thinking the young bucks that did it. And they'd be like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. They did that a couple times in the thing. I think to try and give us the opinion that the young bucks were reluctantly in with the bad guys, that they were still the kind of good guys. They weren't going to do the underhanded stuff. Um, ending off with, I thought there would be more of a direct here, you know, after the whole ring clearing thing and stuff, uh, when they had them saying that there's a tournament coming up and we're entering the tournament. And if we win, we can pick whoever we want and it seemed at that moment the, the Young Bucks were going to, like, throw it in the face of Gallows and Anderson. But instead, it just sort of came off with, like, yeah, maybe it'll be us. Who knows? <laughs> which I thought really underplayed the whole setup of that, which, I don't know. I just wish that part could have been a little more because they really have been teasing that Anderson and Gallows really don't like these guys. You know what I mean? For the last couple of weeks. And then today, yeah, they were the best buddies. They're definitely positioned the Bucks as the baby face of that whole thing when it splits mm-hmm. you, can, you can definitely with them being left out of the match there the other week do you know what i mean you can see the build yeah. slowly moving to that right now duke in your years of wrestling have you ever met those guys who just go so freaking fast or do something so d- reckless that you think dude slow down you're gonna hurt yourself have you have you dealt with guys like this in your in your career yeah ted hart used to do some pretty crazy shit Used to? I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, if you can imagine, he slowed down, right? Like, I mean, I've seen Ted and Hart and Jack Evans doing, you know, flips off U-Haul trailers on parking lot ground. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's all, that's always a good, you know, where you see those guys doing that. When I used to wrestle Greg Pollock, he was a really good friend of mine, um, really good athlete. 
And that, that dirty bastard, you know, he would do a suicide dive and there was no concept to limited space. So he would come off the ropes literally as fast as he could get across. And at Stampede, we work a 20-foot ring, so you could really get hauling ass. And he would come out of there so fast, you were actually a little bit afraid to catch him. Because if there's anything behind you, it was going to be stiff as shit when you got in. Um, you, so you'd have to kind of tell him, like, hey, slow down, because if sometime I miss you or something happens, and you go face first into a guardrail or something, that's going to be a lead up bump, right? Like, you got to be yeah. careful. Now, the reason I brought that up, obviously, you guys know what I'm going for here, is uh, what the hell with Ray Phoenix, man? That dude shot so fucking fast out of that ring. I thought he was going to go through the fence. He actually yeah, landed that was, on the fence. On the fence. That, <laughs> that was, was so awesome. Cracks himself, brings himself up. That's that's just hero shit, right? Yeah, there. I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he should finish that with a thank you. <laughs> We've seen him doing this recently. Like he runs so freaking fast and attacks. It's like no one's gonna stop you, dude. You, you don't care how big you are. You're gonna take somebody out and yourself most likely. Uh, then for me, which was kind of. I felt bad in my own way is watching poor Kenny Omega trying to run out to be the big tough guy and boom, Moxley turns Bastard. around and nails his ass. Boom. One shot takes the champion down. Did not make Kenny look too good tonight at all. What did you guys think of that? I actually, I, I was okay with it yeah. just for the fact that because it was the traditional Mox is selling towards the hard camera and he's yeah. kind of turning and it's gonna be like oh yeah he didn't realize he was coming and you know Mox is being smarter than the average bear yeah and and he caught him and he and it was it was a solid you know a solid move uh and I mean you know considering that because it's next week is beach blast right yes but that's yeah. not it's not that, still their big one yet is it it's no. not the six men isn't that next week they keep, uh, that's Revolution that's Revolution March 7th. March 7th oh yeah see it's so confusing <laughs> this part's confusing about the show which stuff is Beach Bash and which stuff is like all the Sting stuff that's all in March right you know but they're making it almost seem like it's next week that's how you confuse a dummy like Duke Durango that's for sure Got well, me that, you and me both okay, wait, so wait when's the tag team battle royal is that next week mm, yes because the winner of that goes at Revolution oh, Revolution okay yeah so yeah, this <laughs> it's very confusing some of the stuff going on in there. Oh yeah. yeah. I think I got these headphones on because there'd be smoke coming out of my ears, but now I'm trying to figure stuff <laughs> out more. Because I was like, okay, well that's leading into the six man next week. Cool. Yeah, no, the six week. man isn't next week, I don't think. Or is it? No, no, no. no. It's at no. it's at uh, revolution. Okay. <laughs> if they want to make it easier for us, they need to hang a revolution flag and then people could just turn and point to it every yeah. episode. And yeah, that would be that would be something new. Yeah, you ever see that in the WWE? Um, this is almost like impact, like because I had that problem with with Genesis and and hard to kill, whatever, hard to kill. Like yeah, yeah, I was going to say I get those two uh, mixed up. Well, here's the problem now: is Dynamite is trying to name some of its regular programming versus the Big Show programming. So who knows what the hell half the time? Ah ah ah! No, no, that match is the six man is next week. Oh. Okay. Kenny Omega okay. and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and Death Triangle is next week. See, it's so confusing. Thunder Rosa yeah. versus Britt Baker. Yep. Top Flight versus The Acclaim versus Private Party versus Jurassic Express. Oh, 
That must what? be the, uh, the the tag team battle royals, right? Oh, the tag team battle royals. Okay. okay, so here, because I did the Google machine, and that's what popped up so far, the three matches. So this wouldn't have been updated from tonight. But yeah, there's okay. that six-man tag, the women's match with Thunder Rosa and Britt, and the uh, tag team battle royal. Okay, so, oh, you know what? So then? I am okay then with that. But yeah, see, then that's okay. That takes away the drama for me now, which means that the Good Brothers won't be in the tag team tournament, which means they couldn't turn around as real bad guys and have a legit run at the young bucks doesn't mean they bucks. can't get involved oh well they hinted that the young bucks might win and pick their own opponents and then pick them i still think it looks better if the bad guys take a run at the champs i don't know it's got to be stumbled into if you're going to do that kind of an angle yeah. it's got to be like oh shit we didn't realize now we have to fight each other yeah and, and i would think that if you threw the heel like if you threw uh the good brothers into that tag team battle royal You've got one impact team against a whole whack of AEW tag teams. To me, that would be like having the the giant or Andre or something like, why don't we all just team up and get these guys out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then again, they'd also be the only really big legitimate team in there, wouldn't they? Yeah, compared to all these little tiny guys that got it. Stop, stop, stop. Get the the mosquito, stop. Is FTR entered in this thing? They better be. This would be very sad if it was just all these young, uh, high flying teams. I hope so, because I love those guys. They work so good. At least in... Oh, yeah, no, FTR's in there. It says Excellent. Top Flight versus The Acclaimed mm-hmm. uh, versus Private Party versus Jurassic Express versus Sammy Hager versus Santana Ortiz versus FTR versus The Inner Circle versus The Dark Order. Holy sh- Inner well, Circle has three teams in there? Luchasaurus won't be able to compete in that match. They cut his horns off. <laughs> He's not coming back after that. Yeah, you you injure a dinosaur, they're out for a long time. <laughs> well, they go, they probably go extinct, really. It's, Thank you. <laughs> that gimmick can only last so long. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah. you know what? Just on that, I actually thought I was really hoping that they were actually going to start like cut the math. Like this was, you know, like we talked about a leader delete. I thought yeah. this would have been a great thing, like the end yeah. of Luchasaurus. I was oh, like, oh yes. shit, they're going to unmask him. Oh. No. <laughs> We're just gonna do like a little like circumcision type <laughs> stick stick. <laughs> oh brother! All right, so you know what? Uh, when we throw this into our report card machine and we scramble in the numbers and we decide what kind of number on our sliding scale of A being, you know, like your report card is a, a definite solid uh, achievement. Eighty to a hundred. Yeah, all the way down to <laughs> to an F, which means a a, a failure. What are we going to rate this week's Dynamite? We'll start off with Elio. Elio, in your mind, tell me quickly, was it a good show, bad show? Did you enjoy it? And what would you give I it? I enjoyed this one. I, the, I enjoyed everything about the Dax Hardwood Jungle Boy match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women's match, uh, the main event, I like that they, fo- they gave uh, Alex Reynolds all the focus uh-huh. in that match. Uh, I'm going with B+. B+, nice. Andy? Uh, from start to finish, this was a solid show. It had one of the best matches I've seen on AEW Dynamite. There was no audio issues with any promos, vignettes, interviews, nothing. I am giving this an A. An A. All right. Dirty Duke, if you had to give a, a ranking this week on uh, your scale, how would you rate this week's episode of Dynamite? <clears throat> you know, to be honest, it's probably one of the better wrestling shows I've watched in a while. Um, you know, like the production was on point, promos were well timed. Um, the wrestling itself was excellent. 
I'd probably give it like a B.7, maybe. B.7. B.7. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you put this? Eh, I'd say 90%. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a one point. That's a one point Y. There we go. Uh, Damn that I, new math. <laughs> you know what? I, I pointed out a, a few minor things that annoyed me on the show, but there was only a few minor things, right? Overall, even in some of the matches that there was some minor things, there was some really exciting wrestling. Um, and it is that feel, you know, sometimes we can sit and we can take a cross and try and uh, rate every single match and then figure out a baseline number and then blah, 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 blah. But the truth of the matter is I turned it on and had two hours of pretty fun enjoyment for a wrestling match. You know, we compare against NXT quite a bit. Uh, NXT, a lot of times wins because of quality of matches, but the whole atmosphere is so stale and so unexciting and boring at times that it feels like I've watched two hours of wrestling. You know what I mean? This felt like a two hours of fun. It was a good show. Uh, yeah, there's some problems. There always will be. But I'm going to say, I'm going to have to be like Andy. I'm going to give this a solid A. I thought it was a pretty darn good show. And uh, let's hope this is an upward trend. Because I know the last three weeks have been some brutal fucking episodes we've had to sit through. And uh, today was fun. Enjoyed it. Want to thank Dirty Duke Durango joining us. Duke, did you have a good time watching the show and uh, hanging out with us tonight? I did. Thanks a lot for having me. It, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've that been that analytical watching the show. Well, that's the whole fun part about Global is even though the three of us uh, may disagree about certain things, it's good to hear each other's analysis of what we see out of stuff. Because, you know, there's been times we've gone in and I've had a strong opinion about something and I've listened to somebody and go home. You know, and I didn't notice that. And he was right about that. Or, you know, and it helps me enjoy at least well round out what everyone's seeing because let's face it each one of us can be pretty close-minded if we want to about any kind of topic wrestler or thing so it's always fun to sit around and have a a good talk about this elio i'm glad you used all 75 words you were given tonight very proud you used of you. them well you used you used them well you did but the fact that you keep appearing on wpov wrestling still makes you a traitorous shit um, and you know what i gotta figure it out yes it's not him it's not. It, it's uh, his. What's the word? Doppelganger. His yes. doppelganger. Elio Canellis. Elio Canellis. See, there's always someone who looks like someone else yeah. out there. Well, so, see, the more I look at him, he does look like Miguel Cole without a mustache. <laughs> Miguel Cole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. There's a. Yeah, you might want to explain to to Duke who Miguel Cole is. We'll explain Miguel Cole after we stop recording. Um, <laughs> Anyways, Andy, good to see you again. Yes, pleasure as always. Good to see you're back and doing better. Oh, thank you. It's, yes, folks, I was out for a while. I did actually have COVID. Pussy. I was deathly sick for nine days, but I'm done. So thank God. But uh, I guess that means, that's like somebody said to me, today, uh, texted me, said, you're better. And I said, yeah, I'm a goddamn Superman, right? There you go. And they said, oh, either that or you've been hanging around a lot of 5G towers. And I'm like, well, who knows? Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, folks, we want to thank you for uh, joining us. We'll see you next week. Looking forward to seeing you guys again on Monday night because I know we have another fun uh, quarantine coming up. And uh, we'll see you folks on the flip side.